What's up, everybody? This is Edgar Martin from the Q&E Podcast, just bringing you this message that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. It could be sports, entertainment, or anything else that you feel people might want to listen to. Once again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, Podgo. Flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. What's happening? They're starting to come through, and I can't stop them. You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm trying to get again, damn it! What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Egga on the other line. Egga, tell the people, let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. we got a lot coming for y'all today, man. A huge upset week in the NFL. If y'all were on Twitter over the weekend, y'all seen that our little bet that we got going on. Everybody is scrambling <laughs> to get a win as we were all below 500, I think, this week. So terrible week for us sports-wise, but great week for us entertainment-wise, bro. And the main reason why is because we have – the Spider-Man No Way Home second trailer. It finally dropped this week. This shit is going to be possibly my favorite movie all time, bro. Like, across all genres of movies, this is going to be my favorite movie ever. And when I seen the, the money shot of him going against all the villains, like, I guess in different countries, like, they got the, the trailer at different times. And mm. some trailers... You can see the lizard getting punched by somebody, and you yeah. only see one Spider Man. So I'm like, oh, they blurred out the other two Spider Man. So that was crazy when I seen yeah. that. Cause I'm like, first off, all three of them didn't look like they were jumping in the same direction. And then in the Korean trailer, I think you see lizard getting punched, but it's nobody there. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's gonna be all three Spider Man going up against all three villains at that point. The one, the one thing I'm scared of is I think they showed too much with the trailers. I would have wished they saved some. I know it's going to be a way more when the movie comes out. But now I'm just like, damn, I feel like I'm cocky. Not seeing everything, but I've seen a lot that I wish I would have got the chance to see, like, in the theaters and got that experience. Like, I didn't want to see everybody, like, just yet. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I'm getting a lot about the story and the plot. Like, I feel like it's not more so going to be about the Sinister Six. It's going to be more so versus, like, Doctor Strange versus Spider-Man. We're looking at it now because it he said it in the trailer. Like, like everybody dies at the hands of Spider-Man. So it's like they have to fight Spider-Man. It's, like not, it's not like they want to. Like, you see in the trailer, they're talking to Otto, Oct- uh, Otto Octavius. Like, they're kind of cordial at this point. Like, he really doesn't want to kill Spider-Man because he wants to kill Spider-Man. He has to because it's his fate is on the line, so he has to kill him or he's going to die either way. So that's the, kind of the issue here, and I feel like it's going to be more so a back and forth between Spider-Man and Doctor Strange than, than between the Sinister Six. They just have to kill the Sinister Six because 
the fate is on the line and everybody like the Sinister Six wants their second chance at life. So they they have to kill Spider-Man if they want this second chance. So it's like, I, I like the, the plot that they're going with, but I'm like, damn, I think y'all gave us too much of an insight to that plot. And I wish I would have like really got that in the movie and not understood that right now. I, I don't even think they gave us a lot, bro. Honestly, I feel like all we got were what we just got a couple of costume peaks because you see he got like the actual magical spider-man suit so you get a new costume peak and you just finally get some actual action shots i i think that's all that was i didn't look too deep into it because i still personally feel like i still don't know what's gonna happen in this movie like you said they're they're showing you the the whole point of you know um the multiverse has opened up like that's the mm. main plot point of what's going on. So outside of that, I don't think they showed too much because I think that's what we were asking for after the first one came out a few months ago. Is like but that's we what were I'm saying. Like, did you show us too much? Like, was the first one just like okay? Like, we were kind of okay with but, the first one. If we would have rolled it, it, it movie. was a lot. It was a lot of people expecting a second one though, bro, because it's like we don't usually just get one trailer yeah. months before the movie. It's but like we get one. Yeah, go ahead. We get one months before the movie, and then we get one like right before the movie comes out. And usually, one of those have to have action in it. Same thing with Endgame. Like they didn't want to give away everything in Endgame, but they knew we have to so show them some type of action, you know. So that's why in Endgame, they made sure to blur out the fact that he had all the Infinity Stones. Um, not Endgame, Infinity War. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And when before Infinity War came out, they didn't show he had all the Infinity Stones. They only showed he had two. But then when you actually go to the movie, he has all of them in the major fight scenes in the movie. So there were key things they hid while still showing you big points in the movie. And I think that's what they did on this one. Because I think the only thing that they're hiding at this point is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the Like, that's what we know. Like, we're already anticipating that. So that's like the only surprise I know I'm going to get. Because going into the movie, a lot of people felt like it was going to be like, a Spider-Man versus Sinister Six movie, which it's going to be. It's going to be that, like, ultimately. But a lot of people didn't add in that Doctor Strange component. So now it's like, okay, we we already get an insight to that point, and I feel like it would have been better if we didn't know what was going on. We just see them fighting, and you don't tell us nothing about the plot. If you just showed us action and didn't give us, like, the background of people talking and talking about the fates and this, that, the third, it's like, I'm cool with that. Just show us the action and show him fighting the Sinister Six. But you telling us what's going to happen and telling us why, like, the motivations behind the Sinister Six, why they're doing what they're doing, it's like, I think you showed us too much because after the first one, I was kind of fine if we just rolled into the movie because I was already anticipating it. Even though it didn't have action, it was just like, we know we're going to get action in Spider-Man. We already know what's going down in this movie. We already see like the, the characters that are going to show up. But now it's like, oh, you might have showed, showed us a little bit too much when it came to the plot. Still going to be a great movie, but I'm like, damn, with the trailers, like people can piece that together and get spoiled going into it. Because like I'm somebody who's a huge fan of the new Rockstars uh, YouTube page. And they're somebody who pieces together this shit quick, my nigga. So if they give you this second trailer, they're going to piece together like the whole movie just with these two trailers alone. And it's just like, damn, like I hockey know what to expect going into it. And just looking at that second trailer, I'm just like. I know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But it's still going to be fire, though. Like I said, I, I, still, I don't, don't know, bro. I, I really don't know if MJ going to die because you see. That's, that's like a crazy him, part. That's a crazy part. Did 
the Amazing Spider-Man 2, they did that parallel of um, MJ falling, like how Gwen was falling and everything. So I don't know if she's actually going to die. I don't know if any of his other friends are going to die. Bro, Like I feel like I'm still left in the dark with this Spider-Man trailer because Tom Holland came out and said that this is going to be a very dark Spider-Man movie. Like, I don't think this movie is going to end on a good note at all. I don't think it's they're killing give her, us- though, bro. Uh, and they may not kill her, but I feel like there there's going to be stuff happening to some of these oh, yeah. characters that this movie we're not gonna walk away from this movie with a happy ending. Like this shit is going to it is going to set up Doctor Strange, of course, because mm-hmm. Doctor Strange is obviously in the movie and he's playing such a big part. And I feel that's why we're, this movie is probably gonna end with the multiverse still just being completely fucked up. Yeah, they might win the battle, but the war of what's going on now is still the main thing. And I think the the end part where he says, like, I can't stop them from coming, I think that's going to be the end of the movie where it's like, oh, we we beat all these uh, villains from my different universes. Like, okay, I think we finally won. And Strange is looking like, no, like, more people are still coming and I can't stop it at this point. So I feel like, yeah. to your point, they showed a, a probably a little too much, but... The movie damn near going to be two hours, 45 minutes. I doubt we, know, <laughs> even, we barely know 10% yeah. of what's going to happen in this shit. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I think they're going to combine like all of these universes together. Obviously, it's a multiverse, so they can do that. But I think they're going to really combine like the Sony-verse with Spider-Man. I think it's going to be a spot where Spider-Man doesn't end up in the universe that we know him from. He's going to end up like in like a, a Sony-verse where he's going to see yeah. people like the, the Venoms. He's going to see people like the... Uh, uh, who's coming up? The Morbius. Like it's gonna be like a mash up universe where we see all of them in the Spider-Man world together. So they can actually conjoin all of these movies because with more without Morbius being connected to Spider-Man, it's just like why are we watching the, the Morbius movie? But I think they're gonna combine it right before Morbius comes out. So it's like okay, now we can anticipate seeing like a Spider-Man hint uh going along in that movie. So now you're building up the anticipation for that. And I think that's what we need, especially going into that Morbius when a lot of people don't know who that is Facts. at all. For real, Facts. for real, man. But that, that trailer was fire, bro. I'm excited oh, to see and, all of these people. And I'm sure uh, we're, we're going to get a Wanda reference or hint either in the movie or in the post credit scene or something. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that, too. And a big theory is that Wanda is controlling Doctor Strange, and that's the why he's acting the way he's acting, because we heard in WandaVision that she has more power than the Sorcerer Supreme. So everybody is pointing towards like some some somebody who is connected to the devil, like a Mephisto or something like that. But it could be Wanda who is controlling Doctor Strange and making him do what he uh, do what he does so she can break up the universe so she can end up getting find her kids like we see in during the, uh, the end of WandaVision. That could be the motivation behind what she's doing, what she's doing. But that's a big theory out right now. So it could be Wanda. Oh, and uh, just to reference Loki, the fact that Doctor Strange is saying, you know, all of these, all of these villains, all of these characters, like they, they have to die against Spider-Man. Like it's their fate. I believe going back to Loki, that reference was what um, Morbius says in, um, in Loki, you know, everybody has an absolute point. Like no matter where you are, no matter what universe, no matter what time, no matter what you do, you're going to meet an absolute point. It's already written. It's already thought out. It's already planned years and like decades ahead and all that. You have an absolute point that you have to meet. And I feel Mm -hmm. like when the multiverse opens, 
these absolute points will still happen. It just may not be the end of a universe anymore for that person. Yeah. And I wonder if they get to a point where I would like to see somebody like kill themselves. Like it'd be so dark. Like I don't want to die at the hands of Spider-Man because I've already been through this before. Let me try to kill myself. And that'd be another way to go out. And maybe they're, they're trying to like evade, like dying a Spider-Man. I want to see something like that happen. Like not everybody die to Spider-Man. Like somebody try to say this isn't that this this isn't how I want to go out. Like I don't want to die to Spider-Man again. I want that to be somebody's motivation. That might be Electro's too. I don't know. I feel like Electro. It, it, it might it might be uh Doctor Octopus. It might be here. You see him actually talking that with true. him. That's true. That's true. I think he looking at it like, damn. So y'all mean to tell me like. I lost to you already. Like, I definitely don't want to do that again. So. <laughs> Especially when he knows, because he said it in the trailer, he was like, you're not Peter Parker or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he don't he don't even know you like that, but you still yeah. finna kill me too? Like, nah, this nigga don't want to die that same way. <laughs> he don't want to die that same way, bro. So, yeah, I feel like it's going to be some type of switch for sure, man. But uh, anything else? Nah. All right, man, let's dive into the NFL, man. We had a lot of upsets like Edgar uh, alluded to before. And if this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, you already heard, heard us talk about entertainment a little bit, but we talk about sports. Uh, we get into our two-hour Wednesday segment, social media wants to know, entertainment, and pass the ox. So definitely stick with us. And let's dive into the Patriots, man. So this is something that I've really been looking at the past couple of weeks because I've been seeing the Patriots. I've seen them. I've been looking at Mike Jones, but I really didn't want to believe what I was seeing. Cause I wanted to be a hater, but I Mac Jones is looking a little too Mac Jones is looking a little too good right now, bro. And the team just like pounded on the Browns, forty-five to seven. And the defense is on point, the offense is on point, everything is clicking. It's like the Patriots are becoming that team again, once again by Bill Belichick. Where it's like, don't tell me they're gonna make another run, bro, to the Super Bowl <laughs> or some shit. Like this shit looks scary though, bro. So how do you feel about the Patriots right now after the beatdown? I wouldn't say it's a sign of a Super Bowl run. This is just going to be a, a great season for them. This is going to be their first great season post-Brady. I think that's all this is going to be. I think they're going to... Hold gonna... on, pause, bro. Pause, bro. Why the fuck am I talking about the Patriots? When Cam is back in the motherfucking league, dog. Hold on, I got to stop all that shit, bro. I got to stop all that. My nigga is back in the league. I really forgot about that shit, bro. My nigga is back in the lead after nine long weeks, bro. And he played this week and got two tucks. That should have been the first thing that came out of my mouth. So, Cam, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, man. It's hey, the bro, fact that, you, that shit? you set it up like how Jeezy did Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You did a Jeezy setup. That's crazy. But Cam Bruh. coming back in the league, bro, like, I, I love it. The fact that he got two touchdowns and played a key role in them winning in his first game back, he didn't start. But I had tweeted, I said, I picked the Cardinals to win, but it would mean so much to me if Cam finds a way to get these guys a dub in his first week back with less than a week to prepare. That would be such a great thing for Cam. And that's exactly what happened. PJ, um, I think Washington is his last name. He started. Wow. Walker, PJ Walker started for the um for the Panthers, but Cam got them two touchdowns early in the game His and first really two set plays. the tone <laughs> on the first two plays, bro, and really set the tone for the Panthers the rest of the game. So shout out to Cam, you making a great impression getting back into the league, and you making your case on why there's not 32 other guys better than you. 
And you can just see the energy on Sunday that he was bringing the team. It was such a much needed injury. When you played with Sam Darnold, who was really felt like it was he was sucking the life out of your team, yeah. having somebody like Cam injected into this team is really what they needed at the perfect time. They get a huge win over the Cardinals. They got Washington coming up. And this is high-key a Cam revenge game. Because even though he hasn't played for Washington before, Ron Rivera could have easily signed him and not stuck with Taylor Heineke. So Cam going to have a lot of energy going into this game. They say he's set up to start. He's going to get the first team reps. Cam is going to be ready. And I'm viewing this as a revenge game. Cam going to come to play against Washington, bro. He got he got to go at Ron Rivera for not picking him up, man. And this is the perfect time to do it. Hey. But shout out to Cam, bro. I need Terry Bradshaw to to erase that clip, even though it's out there forever now. We we've already seen it, but I need him to do everything possible to get that clip off of the internet of saying Sam Darnold is the best quarterback in that franchise history. We see the turnaround quickly. Man, Terry Bradshaw racist. He gonna do what he want to do, bro. <laughs> no, he, bro he, knowing Terry Bradshaw, bro, he go he probably standing behind what he said too. That shit, even though he's seeing the downfall of Sam, he's gonna be like, nah, he he's still the best. He's still the best. That's how much he's care. But, man, definitely shout out to Cam. I think he's going to have a huge season. Do you see a playoff run for the Panthers? Currently, they're 5-5. Five and five. Uh, uh, how, how many games left in the season? we got seven games left in the season. But they got one of the hardest schedules for the rest of the year. But they have Cam back in the fold. Now they got the second-best defense. Do you see them making a run? I don't see them making a run just because it, it's too late. I feel like if Cam would have came in, like, you know, five, six games into the season, they might have a little bit better of a chance because they could have set a stronger tone uh, after that 10-game mark. But we're already 10 games in. We're over 50% done, damn near 60% done with the season at this point. And it's it's too late to put that kind of expectation on Cam right now. I, do, I wouldn't feel like that's fair to say they can make a playoff run as soon as Cam gets in there and he's still learning plays. He's still trying to figure out the team again. So I, I wouldn't say playoff picture for them. If they make it, that that's cool because you're exceeding expectations. But I'm expecting him to just end the season statistically good on his end, no matter how the record goes. I, I just want Cam to be able to say, I did my part. I played good. I'm not the reason that we're not in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's that's the biggest thing I'm worried about, man. Just do good, bro. Show these niggas why uh, they made a mistake passing up on you. But looking at their schedule – they got Washington this upcoming week. They got the Dolphins after that, the Falcons, the Bills, the Bucks, uh, twice in the last three weeks, and they got the Saints in between that. So the, the back end of the schedule, they got some winnable games, but they also see the Bucks twice. They got the Saints. Honestly, they're, they're all winnable games because of the injection of Cam, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. I honestly think, even though I don't want to put expectations on him because I feel like that would take away from my enjoyment of what I'm seeing right now, especially after seeing everybody so excited for Cam uh, on Sunday. Bro, I felt like everybody was showing love. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. he's back. Like, while he was out of the league, like, it felt like it was so much joy surrounded by that. I don't want to take away that by saying, oh, now he got to get to get to the playoffs. So I don't want to put that expectation on him. But there's definitely a chance to be made here because I think if you get to – nine wins so if you win four more games i think there's an opportunity that you get to the playoffs like you get to nine and eight i think you can get to the playoffs bro so i don't oh, know yeah. i think the panthers can did it 
Yeah, if he can get one game over, well, there is no 500 anymore because there are 17 games. But in in our minds, if he can get one game over what would be 500, then yeah, that's great because you get you can make a playoff push um at that point because you would be second or third in your division. You'd be better than a good six teams in the NFC, so you have a chance to make the playoffs. So. Cause they're currently seventh right now. They're seventh in the uh in the NFC mm-hmm. right now. Like you, you you battling with the Falcons. You battling with some some other teams right there. I think the Seahawks in that conversation. So you still like in the mix. I think the the Saints are starting to slide down a little bit after Jameis uh got hurt. They haven't been looking like the same team. I think they're like six and four at this point. So I think there's a lot of wins to be made on this Panther schedule, man. And I'm just excited to see what comes for Cam. But definitely excited to see he back in the league. No more cam segment, and that's that's the good thing, bro. No more cam segment. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, back to the Patriots, man. What what were you saying about that topic? Uh, but Mac Jones is playing great right now. I think Tyron Matthew made a great point with the tweet that he sent out over the weekend, calling out people who wanted to count Mac Jones out, saying you know just because he can't throw side armed or he can't make great plays with his legs, we just overlook the fact that he's a great cerebral QB. And I think that's why Belichick went with him in the draft because it's like, hey, he may not be the flashiest player. He may not be the up-to-date type of QB that we look for now, but he's still a good QB that can survive in this league and survive at a great standing point in this league. So I definitely wasn't too high on Matt Jones, but he's definitely proven me wrong for sure with how he's leading this team, how – the defense is stepping up, you know. So Bill Belichick, I got to tip my hat off to him, man. This is the first great season that they're having since post-Brady. And this is his best coaching job, too, because honestly, even though they had some off-season pickups, this still isn't the most talented team he's had. I think there's been talented, more talented teams in the past, but he's really putting it together with a rookie QB. Like, this defense is still one of the best defenses in the league, and that is just showing why Belichick was so huge in those runs to the Super Bowl. Like, obviously, Brady did his thing, but Belichick was definitely the person who was game-planning and was the mastermind behind everything that was going on. So, Bill Belichick is really the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion. But it's really the development of Mac Jones. Early in the season, we've seen him struggle, but this was the perfect situation for Mac, and we said it early in the season. This There's no better place. He's a younger Tom Brady. Like, he is. Like, I don't care what niggas say. Like, I don't give a damn about the comparison at this point. He's a younger Tom, bro. Plays like Tom. He moves in the pocket like Tom. He's not going to get out of the pocket. He's not going to run crazy. But he's accurate. He's sharp. And he's going to get the ball where it needs to be. And that's all you need in this Patriots system. And that's the effectiveness that you need with this Patriots, bro. Because all Bill Belichick and Josh, Josh McDaniels aren't going to make you do too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, they really keep the game plan simple. Like, most of the time, we're going to hand the ball off. But when we need you to make a throw, you got to make those throws. And he's making the big throws, bro. He's making the big throws. So I got to give him and the the Patriots defense credit. Like I said, Super Bowl contenders, they're scaring me, bro. Beating up on the Browns like that, I had to take a step back. Like, are the Browns Uh, that bad? Are the Browns that bad? Or are the Patriots this good? They're not Super Bowl contenders. But like I was saying, they're – they have a great chance to make the playoffs now at this point, and they have a great chance to play well in the playoffs. That's all I'll say. Do I see them making the AFC championship or the Super Bowl? No. But can they get to the second round of the playoffs and, like, really have a close game? Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Because I had brought it up before if they went in the, uh, the AFC East. 
And I don't know, but they right, they right there behind the Bills once again, winning four <laughs> games in a row. They're right there on the Bills' ass, man. So that's definitely something to look forward to, but the, the Patriots definitely looking good. Moving on, we got the Chiefs are back. So they just clapped up on the Raiders. Uh, they, they just clapped up on the Raiders on Sunday night. So everybody is saying Patrick Mahomes is back. He had five touchdowns, 400 yards. And the Chiefs' offense honestly was clicking like it was in past seasons. But are people overreacting, saying the Chiefs are back and they're going back to the Super Bowl and this is the same old Chiefs from before? Yeah, they overreacting because if they were quote-unquote back, we would have seen this at least two or three times by now. Like, this is the first game this season that we're looking at the Chiefs and saying is saying this and we're 10 games in. Like, that says a lot. Like, now if we've seen this a couple of weeks ago – then another game before this, and we've seen it this game, then that's different because we've seen it multiple times. But I have to see this at least one or two more times this season before I say, yeah, the Chiefs are back and they have a chance to make a push for AFC Championship, Super Bowl contention and all of that. Right now, if I had to say pretender or contender, I would still say pretender at this point just because it's not consistent. They had a great week against a good team in their division, but once again, it's a division game. Like, this can't happen, you know what I'm saying? Like, the the Falcons could beat us before the end of the season, and everybody could be looking like, how the hell do you lose to the Falcons? It's a division game. Like, shit that is not supposed to happen can always happen. So, Yeah, man. And it's funny because we were just tripping on the Chiefs like a week ago when they played against the Packers, and they was like, they looked terrible against the Packers who didn't have Aaron Rodgers. And people were like, oh, no, this this Chiefs team ain't going to do anything. The next week they play well against a a Raiders defense, who which is improved, but it's like it's still the Raiders defense at the end of the day. Like, I'm not really believing in them like that. So they gashed them. So now we're supposed to overreact and say, oh, the Chiefs are back. Oh, no, no, they didn't go into the Super Bowl again. Like, no, they have to string this out. like obviously uh, games bro consecutive games like i'm not going to overreact to one game about the chiefs they're still pretenders heavy pretenders man i'm not and on that chiefs band like i said all. like i said it was a division game like yes the raiders are really good and they have a, a mvp candidate in Derek carr right now but it, it's a division game bro i'm not putting too much weight on it it's a team that you play twice a year every year so it's kind of like you you always going to be able to put some shit out like at least once during the season. Like I always tell people, I'm like, bro, I never expect the Bucks to, at least in the past few seasons that we've been good, like really good now, I don't expect to sweep each division opponent. Like that's unrealistic expectations. One of these teams that you play twice every year are going to look at you and be like, okay, we, we got a good idea of what this team brings. And we know we can get at least one dub against these people. We might sweep the Panthers or we might sweep the Falcons, but that's just one team out of all three teams. Like, And it's hard to sweep even one team sometimes. So I, I don't put too much weight behind that Raiders win. Yeah, man, I'm not either. I got I got to see more, man. I got to see more. Like Patrick Mahomes just hasn't looked good, man. So after this one game, he looked good against the Raiders, but I have to see more. Have to see more. Uh, moving on. What's up with the Bucks and Rams, bro? Both of these teams were obviously Super Bowl contenders coming into the season. They looked good earlier in the season, but the past couple of games, some really bad losses. Not really with the Saints loss, but losing to the Washington football team for the Bucks. And then the Rams, the last couple of weeks, got smashed by the 
Titans last week and got smashed by the 49ers this week. So after all of those additions for the Rams, it's like, oh, y'all still beatable. Y'all still beatable as hell. <laughs> so it's like, we really shouldn't be scared of y'all, bro. For real, for real. So how do you feel about both of these team situations starting off with the Bucks? Well, with the Bucks, I'm pretty disappointed right now. You know, I, I said before the season, we're either going to be 13 and four or 14 and three. Obviously, the 14 and three is out of the picture at this point. I think we could still possibly do 13 and four if we just have a great run for the rest of the season at this point. But the way we played the last couple of weeks, I can't even say 13 and four anymore, bro. So maybe a, a 12 and five or 11 and six or whatever. But something around those lines, I wouldn't be upset. I just hate the way that we're playing right now not necessarily the record. And I think it's just because defensively, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, Taylor Heineke was just embarrassing us, bro. Like, Heineke, the nigga that make you think, I need to grab a beer, like this guy? Oh, my God. Like, the he was just, he was lighting us up. And defensively on the D-line, I don't know what the fuck JPP and Vita Vey and all these dudes had going on, but they were letting this dude, uh, I don't even know who the running back was for Washington. Antonio he was Gibson. getting at least four yards, at least four yards to carry. Like, mm -hmm. and that's why I was like, bro, with Ronald Jones before the season had started. Remember, I told you Ronald Jones is a running back where it's like he doesn't get all the attention like all these other running backs. But if you can get four yards to carry, you are going to be a monster running back in this league. And that's exactly what happened with Washington. He was getting at least four yards to carry, which made it so much easier for Heineke to have play action plays to set up, you know, uh, midfield routes and all that type of stuff. So defensively, the Bucks look terrible. Offensively, I don't know what Brady has been on, but the picks that he's throwing and the, the oh, way I can that tell you what the problem are, is. So, I mean, if, if it's getting older, it's getting older. Shit, I don't oh, know no, what it is at it. this point. That's not it. But shit, offensively and defensively, we just look terrible. The problem is, bro, <laughs> he doesn't have Antonio Brown. And I, that's the biggest issue. And when Antonio Brown mm. comes back, you go see this offense go right back to humming like it was earlier in the season. And this is what I was trying to tell people of Mike Evans isn't the number one receiver in Tampa Bay anymore. It's Antonio Brown. Every time Brady is in trouble, he looks for Antonio Brown or Gronk. So not having Gronk or Antonio Brown is leaving him kind of helpless when you have two wide receivers like Godwin and Evans who are not keen on separation like that. We know uh, Mike Evans is known for contested catches. We know that um, Chris Godwin is more so a slot receiver, but when uh, Brady is in trouble, well, he goes to Antonio Brown. He's a deep threat, can get through uh, through the middle. Like He's just a real tough wide receiver who knows how to get op open. He's just crafty. Obviously, Antonio Brown is a Hall of Famer, and that's the player that he's missing at this point. And that's why we're seeing Brady not look like how he was looking earlier in the season. And it's not having Antonio Brown. I think when we see Antonio Brown back in the lineup, we see Grant back in the lineup, we're going to be like, okay, this is the Brady that we all know. But Oh, yeah, like, I ain't too stressed about it. I, I ain't too stressed about it. Going back to why well, I'm not too worried about the Bucks because I know they're going to get healthy. And that's the, that's the mm -hmm. thing, because we know that they still they didn't have their top three cornerbacks, but they still don't have Murphy Bunting. They still don't have Carlton Davis and they still don't have Richard Sherman, who y'all relying on at this point. It's crazy to me. But y'all y'all rocking out with Jamel Dean as starting quarterback. Like, that's the problem with the defense, bro. They're attacking your secondary and your secondary is not healthy. So that's what the team should be doing, bro. And even running the ball, like you said, running the ball. That's the issue where I step back and say, I don't know what's going on with the, the front seven. 
what secondary and offense I can make excuses for with the injuries and not having your key players, but the front seven usually contains the run way better than that with Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. But them getting run on like that was kind of surprising. So that's something to look out for. And, but the secondary and it was offense, a, I'm cool. It was a lot of mental mistakes, too. We had penalties that just didn't make sense. Like, and Dominican Sue jumping offside. Like, bro, what? You're a how long vet in this league, bro? <laughs> like, how are, how are you getting misled by uh he's not a rookie quarterback, but still wet behind the ears quarterback? Like, how are you letting this guy like make you jump the count and whatnot? You know what I'm saying? So mental mistakes like that. Uh Vita Vea got hurt. I don't know how long his injury is gonna affect him, but he got hurt. He had to get carted out of the game. So that was a huge blow to our D line. But hopefully over the next few weeks, like you said, we just get healthier as a whole for the team and we can just progress through the season and get a solid playoff spot to where we don't have to worry too much about our matchups. But when it comes to the Rams, bro, uh, I think it's just chemistry right now. I think defensively, Von Miller being added to the mix, you know, I feel like that's a big personality that has to get adjusted to the other big personalities on this defense to figure out, okay, what kind of defense are we going to mainly be? Are we going to mainly be a rush defense? Are we going to mainly be a pass defense and still rely on Ramsey and them boys in the back? You know, I feel like defensively it's just a lot of communication. And also, OBJ was getting clowned over the weekend. And I'm like, bro, it's his, I, ain't, I ain't putting too much into clown it. It's his first game. Huh? I said clown for what? But just for not producing, he he didn't do anything to get clowned. But niggas was just on. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, bro. Niggas was on OBJ head. Like OBJ was just supposed to have like almost 200 yards over this past weekend or whatever. I'm like, bro, it's his first game and he barely knows the playbook. Like everybody just calm the fuck down. So I don't I don't know what the Rams right now. I think it's just everybody. All these stars are trying to get in communication with each other and in the next couple of weeks i'm sure the rams will be back on beat too but these are two big teams that everybody was looking at like you said that are just going through the struggle point finally of their season in the first part of the season nobody cared because it's like oh they're healthy they're playing well blah blah blah. but now they're finally hitting that struggle point like other teams have already had and now everybody's like, oh shit what are we doing with our super bowl predictions like do we need to change them (laughs) Like just calm down, just calm down. And, it, and that's the same thing that happened to the Bucks last year. Like, weren't the Bucks like seven and five last year? Everybody was like, "Oh, this Bucks team ain't finna do nothing." Da, da, da. Win the Super Bowl. So the, both of this team is going through that at that adversity point in the season. So I agree with you, but it's really something about the the Rams where I'm like, I think these are problems that are going to stay here. I don't really think it's more so chemistry. But I think it's something with Stafford, bro. Like, he's looking like the Detroit Stafford. Like, he's trying to do, play hero ball way too much, way more than he was earlier in the season. I felt like he was more so trying to get the ball in his playmaker's hands earlier in the season, let Cooper Cut get the yards for him, let Robert Woods get the yards for him, let, just let the playmakers make plays. But now he's trying to make hero ball plays, like you've seen in the game on Monday night. He throwing a deep ball to OBJ and double coverage. Like, nigga, what are you doing? Like, he's just trying to do hero ball shit. And I feel like that's why Matt Stafford wasn't looked at as an elite player in Detroit, because even though he was talented, he just tried to do too much shit because obviously Detroit wasn't a good team. So he just tried to do too much, which led to interceptions and other shit like that. And it's just like we blew Matt Stafford to the side. Now he's doing that same shit in L.A. And it's just like you don't have to do that. Like you have people like Odell, you got Cooper Cup, you got Tyler Higby, you got a good running back like. 
Just calm the fuck down and get the ball in your playmaker's hands, bro. The, the 49ers had a great game plan, but Stafford has to calm the fuck down, bro. He's trying to do too much, bro. He's trying to do way too much. And I think that's the problem offensively. Defensively, even though they have a lot of star power, bro, they can, they can still be beat. And we've seen it last season with this same team. You added a Von Miller, but they really got ran on a lot last year. If you can run on, you can run on this team, even though they have Aaron Donald a and get like five yards of carry. It's been happening the whole season. But you have to always catch up with the Rams, usually on offense, so you have to pass the ball, and that's what the Rams want you to do. But if you can run on the Rams, you can beat the Rams. It's the same hole like the Cowboys, bro. So it's like, bro, a lot these teams are showing holes. It's just it's really when it comes to playoff time, like who's going to have the opportunity to take uh, advantage of those holes. But a lot of these teams do have a, a lot of holes in their, in their game plans. And like I said, it was a division game. Another situation where a team that plays you twice a year is always going to have a little bit more knowledge on you than a team that's only playing you once every other year. You know what I'm saying? So the 49ers beating the Rams, yes, it was shocking. Yes, I didn't expect it. Yes, I did expect OBJ to uh, have a a great performance, but I'm not mad that he didn't because, like you said, he's still learning plays. He's still figuring out the team. Hey, and they but just we got to have a real Miller conversation, a though. We got to have what? a real conversation, though, because if the Rams, after trading all this shit for – not you didn't trade shit for OBJ, but if you pick up OBJ, you just traded what you traded for Von Miller. You got Ramsey. You got Stafford. You got Cup. You got all pros all over the goddamn field. If you niggas don't get to the at least the championship game, oh, we clowning the fuck out of y'all. I hope they know that. Oh, yeah. I, I hope they know that because this is a championship or bust season. If y'all niggas get to the second round and lose, oh, well, yo, it's going to be a rude awakening in fucking L.A., boy. This, this season, I wouldn't necessarily say, but. Nah, bro. I, it's a, even before these moves, it was still championship or bust when you get Stafford. I, I got to say within the next, this season and next season, within the next two seasons, if you don't at least get to the Super Bowl in one of these two seasons, then I'm looking at this team as a bust. From this season alone, you, I, I didn't expect the Rams to be able to just walk into it, especially the way the Cowboys, like, started off the season and, and like, their stretch of seven games over the past ten games so far. So with the Cowboys playing the way they're playing, with the Bucks being the reigning champs, and you still having to go through them technically because they won, and then you we don't want to hear the, about them other teams, bro. You got we, the Cardinals we know the and everything, on your bro. Squad. We know the talent but, on your but squad. What, but that's what I'm saying. It's like what I count this season particularly as a bust. It depends on who they lose to and how they lose. Now, if they don't get to the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl this season or next season, then I'm looking at it as a bust. But if they don't get there this season, but next season they run through the NFC and they just get there, then I'm, I'm not looking at the past season like, oh, y'all didn't do shit. That's I'm like, y'all did it within Because we don't years. know who's going to be there next season. We don't know who's going to be there. So I got to just grade them on who's going to be there now, bro. Like, is Von Miller going to be there next year? Is Odell going to be there next year? Like, I don't know. So I, I got to look at it from this season's perspective. If you scoop up all these all-pro niggas, bro, you just got Odell Beckham. Obviously, he, we know that he's not fully ingrained in the offense, but still. And Robert Woods was a huge injury that I feel like a lot of people looked over losing him as I feel like a big reason why they looked the way they looked on Monday night, too. That's a huge receiver. He's clutch. He always gets open. Losing that type of wide receiver was kind of like, damn. You know what I'm saying? So 
Odell became way more of a, a necessity than I feel like he wanted to be because now he's really being relied on in this offense and coming into the situation, he didn't think he was going to have to be relied on. He knew he was going to get his targets. He knew he could make plays, but he didn't know he was going to be relied on like this, losing a key receiver like um, Robert Woods. So that's going to be something to continue to look forward to with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. But this is championship robust, man. If they don't get there, man, I'm clowning the fuck out of them. Cause I, I I hold them to the same standard, bro, as the the Packers, man. Cause y'all y'all got the squad, y'all talent wise. I feel like y'all are better than the Packers. So if, if we hold in Aaron Rodgers, obviously we know Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But team wise, I, I'm 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 viewing y'all like that. So if y'all don't get up there, bro, I gotta say, I gotta say something. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen Aaron Rodgers do it with less talent. He got to the championship last year with less talent. Uh, Stafford, you got all this talent. Nigga saying you got uh, you one of the most talented quarterbacks, and you can't get to the NFC Championship. I, I gotta you. look at Stafford a different way. You know, what I'm saying that MVP buzz starting to lay off right now. It's like, hey, now we're gonna see the real Stafford in these upcoming games. Stafford, who are you really? Are you the person that we've seen over the last two games, or are you the person that we've seen early in the season? Because we we really need to see who the real Matt Stafford is. Because it's a real question at this point. All right, moving on. Uh, we got the pretenders or contenders segment. Like Edgar said, it was a lot of upsets. Let me run through some of the games, bro, because it was a lot of huge ass upsets, bro. Uh, we had the Ravens losing to the Dolphins. Crazy as hell. <laughs> Ravens losing to the Dolphins. Hey, uh, that, we that about man almost scoring though. That shit was hilarious. That was bro. that shit was that lit, shit bro. Was funny. Shout out to bro. Shout out to bro. And the Dolphins <laughs> and the Dolphins was playing like a, a weird ass defense, but it was working. Like they were blitzing damn near every play, and that shit was working, bro. Hey, so they, they didn't give a fuck. Bro. They they have no. They hope did it. They like, we're two and seven. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. We're two and seven. <laughs> we're gonna do um, whatever at this point. <laughs> So we had the uh the 49ers beat the Rams. Uh what was another upset? We had the Vikings beat the Chargers. The Panthers beat the Cardinals. The Lions tied with the Steelers on some weird Yeah, teams. are we counting that as a loss? I, I counted that as a win. Okay, I'm about to say. Damn. No. <laughs> that shit was gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I counted that as a win though. But those are the big upsets. And you know, the Patriots over the Browns, bro. So just looking at these games, just go through. Let's see if the are the Cardinals still contenders in your eyes. The past couple of weeks they have they have dropped, but they haven't had Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Are they pretenders or contenders? Well, if we're speaking in a sense of both of those players coming back healthy, then, yeah, they're still contenders. They're still one of the best teams in the NFC. They're in my top five for uh, contenders to make it to the Super Bowl. So as long as Murray and D-Hop can come back healthy, no no doubt about it, they're contenders. I, I still view them as the best team in the NFL when healthy. Now, obviously, they haven't been healthy. That's the big thing that I'm worried about. And this is kind of the point when they slipped last year because last year, like, they were on a high. And it was like during that mid midpoint of the season, Kyler Murray hurt his shoulder, and the season really started to slide. And it was like, oh, this ain't the same Cardinals team that we've seen earlier in the season. And it's literally the same thing is happening this year, bro. They're undefeated halfway in the season. Kyler Murray gets hurt. They're starting to slide. Like, even the defense doesn't look as good anymore. So it's like, man, I still view them as a top contender, but, man, I'm worried, man. I'm seeing a lot of bad signs that I don't want to see, but I still view them as a contender. Uh, Bucks contender or con uh, pretender? Uh, contenders, I feel it's the same thing. As long as we get our players back healthy offensively and defensively, 
I only see maybe one or two teams standing in our way to get to um to get to the Super Bowl. And at that point, if we can get there, I feel like we'll win. The challenge though is going to be getting there, trying to get through the Cowboys at this point, who we we gotta respect until they show us we can't respect them this season. And then the Rams, if they can uh, you know, bounce back and whatnot. So getting to the Super Bowl for the Bucks, I think, is going to be the challenge this season. I think it was more so playing the Chiefs that everybody looked at last season for the Bucks. Like, can y'all do it for real? Y'all can get there, obviously, but can y'all beat the team when y'all get there? Now, I think it's reversed. I think now, can you get through the NFC to get to the Super Bowl? Because I feel that the Bucks get to the Super Bowl this season, I, I feel like we're going to win regardless of who we play. I, I have lack of confidence in the AFC this year. I feel like an NFC will win the, win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I view them as a contender, man. They're still a top three team. I talked about it earlier. Um, the Ravens losing a tough one, and a lot of people starting to question Lamar Jackson, even though they were just hyping him up last week. We already know that we already know the deal with Lamar, man. But are the Ravens pretenders or contenders? I think they're contenders. Uh, they're one of the top teams in the AFC at this point. Titans, Ravens, and uh to me personally, I still got faith in the Bills, so those would be my three teams. But the Ravens are definitely in the top three best teams in the AFC right now, so I ain't worried. Contenders. Uh, give me one more. Give me the. Ooh, I don't want to do the Rams. Let me see the Patriots. Contenders or pretenders? Uh, pretenders, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I just mean it in a way like, uh, I I just like the fact that Bill Belichick is having a great season post Tom Brady because I think we've seen so much success with Tom since he left. People have been kind of leaning towards, oh, see, Tom was more of the reason why they were winning and blah blah. blah. And now that Belichick has had a year or two without him, it's like, okay, let him settle with getting draft picks let him find out who his next future guys are gonna be and then let's judge belichick because when it's one player joining a team full of talent as opposed to a coach who has to literally rebuild his whole program the the odds are not gonna look the same like you're gonna be fighting for division spots instead of just playoff contention spots now you know what i'm saying so i like what bill belichick is doing with matt jones i feel like uh offensively they've improved as the season has gone but it's pretenders right now just because I feel like the other three or four teams that are shoo-in as contenders are just – they blow them out any day of the week at this point come playoff time. I have the the Patriots, bro. <laughs> and it's funny, and this really tells you about the, like, the volatility of the AFC because you can, you can just go through the standards, bro, and it's like this ain't the same standards that we had a week ago. And it's like we have the the Titans are still up there, the Bills are still up there, the Ravens are still up there, but the Chiefs are going uh, up and down. We got the Steelers; they're they look okay, but we have the Patriots the Ra- that's the really still there. solid. The Raiders still solid. The Raiders aren't even in the playoffs at this moment, which is crazy. As hell. I, I ain't scared though, bro. I ain't scared about the um, Raiders not making it. I think they could still make it, bro. And this is and this is the the conversation I was having about the the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. Is like. They have the quarterback, and they're kind of like really sitting there in the cut to, to be that wild card team that really ends up winning the AFC. Because I don't think these top teams, any of these top teams, are winning the AFC. I don't care how it stands at the top four. None of the top four, including the Titans, are winning the AFC. 
I really think it's going to be a bottom wild card team that wins. It's that type of year in the AFC. That's why I brought up the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. That's why I bring up the Patriots. Like these teams with veteran coaches that have quarterback play and they have everything on both sides of the ball coming together. It's like those are the teams that you have to look out for, bro, because these top four teams are shaky, bro. Even though the even though the Titans are playing well, I come playoff time, it's a whole different game, bro. And I'm I'm trusting Bill Belichick over a lot of these coaches, even though Vrabel is a great coach. So I think the Patriots are the team that you should be worried about. Everything is coming together, bro. Everything click run game quarterback. Even though the weapons aren't supreme, they're getting the job done. Watch out for the Patriots, man. That's all I'm gonna say. I think there are contenders. Contenders. All right, man, and moving on, let's go move forward with the NFL Week 11 picks, man. So for Thursday Night Football, we got Patriots versus Falcons. Uh, Patriots. Patriots. 49ers versus Jags. 49ers. 49ers. Colts versus Bills. Uh, Bills. Mm. Yeah, Bills. Dolphins versus Jets. Uh, nah, I'm not gonna do it. I saw myself. I'm not picking the Jets again. Dolphins. <laughs> oh man, this is a tough one, bro. I'm gonna rock out with the Jets. Lions versus Browns. Uh, mm, bro. Give me the give me the Browns, man. If I pick the Lions, I mean, if I pick the Browns and the Lions actually get this fucking win, I'm gonna be pissed. Uh, give me the Browns. Yeah, the Lions they had their chance out. last week. They had they had their chance saying. last week. They, they better blow won. these niggas out because if this <laughs> if these niggas win, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> All right, man. We got uh Packers versus Vikings. Uh, who got home? It's at Vikings. I'll give it to the Vikings. I got the Packers. They saying it's going to be close. Two and a half point spread. That's a close one. That's Ravens versus Brett. Yes, it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be it's going to be snowing in either location. But it's it's going. Well, actually, no. The the Vikings got a dome stadium, but stadium. I, I I will still take the Vikings. All right, Ravens versus Bears. Uh, Ravens. Ravens. Saints versus Eagles. The Eagles was looking sharp last week. Uh, hey. Damn. I'll go with the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles because I don't know who's playing for the Saints. Like, I don't, Kamara didn't play last week. You already mm-hmm. don't have a good quarterback. You don't have one number one wide receiver. It's like, I got to go with the other team at this point, even though the defense is solid. But I'm, I'm rocking with the Eagles too, man. I got to rock out with the Eagles. Texans versus Titans. Uh, Titans. Titans. Washington versus Panthers. Uh, Panthers. Panthers, revenge game. Bengals versus Raiders. Ooh. I'll go Bengals. I feel like the Bengals, man, playing kind of shaky the past this, few this weeks. Could be, this could be a game for, like, the playoff spot, like a seventh seed, because yeah. currently the Bengals have the seventh seed in the AFC. So it's really like a battle between them, the Chargers, the 
teams like in that six uh Patriots are in that range. So this can really mm-hmm. be a huge game, especially when we talk about tiebreakers at the end of the season. Like this could be a huge one, bro. So definitely. Yeah, I I go Bengals. Gotta go Bengals, man. I don't like what I've been seeing from the Raiders. And it's just not the same Raiders story that we say every year with the Raiders, bro. Early in the season, they look good as hell. And it's just like, oh, this is a different Raiders team. Da-da-da. I remember saying the same shit about the Raiders last year. I think they went six <laughs> and three last year. And then we was like, oh, the Raiders finna be like contending. I remember they beat the Chiefs early in the season. We was like, oh, the Raiders for real. End of the season, slide. It's just like this happens every year for the Raiders, bro. And it's just like, it's unfortunate, and I got to go with the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> Cardinals versus Seahawks, man. Uh, Cardinals. Car. Ooh. Yeah. It really the Seahawks pissed me off once again. The Seahawks pissed that's, me off. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the Seahawks look so bad, but damn, I who's picked for them Cardinals? to go. I picked them to go into Green Bay and really get this dub, and. I'm not even. I'm not even mad that Green Bay won because it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm not mad. It's just the fact that these niggas look terrible while losing. <laughs> like they didn't just lose; they lost terribly. So I think that's what upset me more. So I'm I'm going with the opposite pick this week. <laughs> but the thing about the Cardinals, who's playing? Because if they rocking out with the same squad, they they played against the Panthers. Oh, them boys are losing. They look worse than the damn Seahawks. I don't. I don't know. I watched that whole Cardinals. Not that whole Cardinals game, and that shit was bad. Uh, without Kyler Murray. Cardinals. <laughs> the Cardinals. That shit was bad, bro. I'm rocking out with damn, it really depends on who fucking playing. Shit. See, this why I didn't like um black picking his picks at the end of the week. <laughs> it's like nigga, you got the full injury report when you make your pick. <laughs> Man, damn, bro. I'm rocking with the Seahawks. Fuck. I might switch that one up, but I'm rocking with the Seahawks for now. Cowboys versus Chiefs. Uh, Cowboys. This is going to be a huge game. This is definitely game of the week. <laughs> it's a huge game. This is really going to tell you if the Chiefs are really like that because the defense is going to come to play for the Cowboys. They at Kansas City, too. Yeah, I got Cowboys. Cowboys on the road. Give me the Cowboys. Steelers versus Chargers. Uh, Chargers. Definitely Chargers. Giants versus Bucks. Uh Bucks, but please don't make this no close game. Blow these niggas out, please. Please set y'all tone you. again this season. <laughs> I God, swear y'all hey. played them on Monday night last year and they didn't they beat y'all Monday night last year? Nah, I think they almost did. Mm, okay. I remember it was yeah. definitely a close game, though. It was definitely a close game. And it was Monday. Yeah, night. and it should have been. And it, it shouldn't be again this year. But <laughs> Daniel Jones is running crazy on y'all boys. <laughs> watch what happens. We're gonna that. have a we're gonna be in a dog with a bottom tier NFC least team. <laughs> All right, man. Moving on to college football, man. So the college football rankings have come out. And it's basically the same teams from uh, last week. Nobody really lost. You still got Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame. Oh, Oklahoma lost to Baylor, so Oklahoma slipped back all the way to 13. Uh, But once again, you got Oklahoma State at 9, and Wake Forest wraps up the top 10. So what were your biggest takeaways from this week, and are you still standing pat on your Big Ten? And your Michigan, Michigan had a big win against Penn State this week. Yeah. So do you have more confidence for 
uh, Michigan after watching that game because they got some huge games coming up against uh, Ohio State. Michigan, I'm, I'm not hyping them no more. They just got to show me. They, if if they just show me, I, I ain't going hoorah, hoorah like I predicted it, but I'll, I'll be like, okay, y'all y'all did what y'all was supposed to do. I'm not going to hype behind them anymore because they upset me. They, excuse me, they upset me with that Michigan State loss that they should have won. Like, that was a dogfight game, of course, but they should have won that game. But uh, if, if Michigan still finds a way to sneak in there, I, I will be proud because they did play great throughout this entire season besides that Michigan State game um, that they lost. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is that Cincinnati is still not in, bro. Like, that's aggravating me. It's really aggravating me because they're playing with our emotions by having them sit at five right outside the playoffs because I think that's the committee's way of letting them say, yeah, we see them and we'll put them in that that stratosphere, but they're not going to get in. Like, I don't like that. I don't like them playing with us like that, bro. Either have them where they need to be, which is in the playoff spots, or just have them, like, right number 10 or 12 or some shit. Don't play with us and almost put them in and try to give them some type of recognition. Yeah. Uh, but And it's funny because Cincinnati's in a situation where they can high-key get jumped in a situation where uh, at this upcoming week we got Michigan State versus Ohio State. So it's a situation where Ohio State could fall back and Michigan and Cincinnati doesn't move up to four. Oh, Michigan State would jump up to four over Cincinnati. Like they're in that type of position right now where y'all right there, but a lot of teams can still jump over y'all niggas because we don't respect y'all schedule. It's just like, what do we have to do for you niggas to get into the college football playoff? It can be a whole bunch of chaos and that shit's not going to matter to the community. And they're like, still not going to put Cincinnati in. Every All these other teams could have, Georgia could have a loss, Alabama could have a loss, Oregon, Michigan, Ohio, everybody else can have a loss and still easily just walk into the playoffs because of the conferences they're in. And then Cincinnati is like, hey, here you go. We blow it out, everybody. Look at our schedule. And uh, we have very good wins. And everybody's like, we don't know this team. We don't know this team. <laughs> yeah, this team is good, but it's like mm, everybody beats them, even though they play good. Like. <laughs> I think I think Cincinnati is really relying on an Alabama loss. I think if Alabama loses, Cincinnati gets in. But I think if yeah. Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, if Oregon ends up winning out, I think somebody ends up jumping over Cincinnati, even if Ohio State loses. I think somebody jumps jumps over them. And if Ohio State wins out, obviously Ohio State is going to get in. So it's like, I think they're in a situation where they're right there. They need an Alabama loss so Alabama can be completely out and then everybody just files in after that. That's what they're looking for. Because I think anything between three and four, they're going to get jumped, bro, unfortunately. That's just how to and when it them niggas. When it comes to Oregon, Oregon isn't really in a crazy conference either. They're Pac-12, and it's not like Pac-12 teams are just always in playoff contention. But Oregon has shown over the past at least decade or so now that they can beat these SEC teams if they got enough talent. They can beat these Big Ten teams, and they've made a reputation of that, especially when – um like right before we started doing the playoffs, like the last like BCS stuff that we were doing before the playoffs started um, like five, six years ago, Oregon was one of those teams that it was like, damn, like they could really be the team to win it all and everything. So from a legacy standpoint over the past decade, that's why they're keeping Oregon up there, even though we don't really look at the Pac-12 that crazy either. Yeah, man, just looking forward to the uh, 
college football week 12 preview. We got a lot, we got a lot of good games coming up this week, bro. We got Michigan State versus Ohio State, 12 o'clock on ABC. We got uh I just seen another one. We got Alabama versus Arkansas. That's gonna be all right, I think. Alabama wins that one, not by as many as the spread. The spread is 21. I think it's definitely a closer game than that. And what else? We got Utah. Utah is playing Oregon this week. This could be the game. This I yep. said Utah last week, and they weren't ranked last week, but they're ranked at 23 now. So this could be the game where Oregon slips up. Like, Meryl, I feel like this is going to be an upset, man. Utah over Oregon. Let's let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, please. <laughs> <laughs> please make it happen. Yeah, bro. But how do you uh, how do you see the other game shaking out like the Ohio State versus Michigan State? Uh I wouldn't be surprised if Kenneth Walker run crazy on these boys and Michigan State get that dub. They on the road too, so that'll be a huge road win and that would definitely knock Ohio State out cuz that'll be their second loss and they'll be losing a home game that they should be favored in. So that'll be good. Uh I feel like Iowa State and Oklahoma might be a slept on game. That game might be pretty good. Um, ooh, what a Illinois playing Iowa. Shout out to Kalen, bro. Uh, I hope y'all boys do good defensively. I feel like Illinois could pull an upset on Iowa. Who else? Who else? Yeah, other than that, that that's it, really. I don't see too many other games. Uh, yeah, I got. I think I think Ohio State wins this game. I got Ohio State over Michigan State. I like how Ohio State been playing, man. And um, I got Alabama over Arkansas. But like I said, not by as many points, though. I think it's like a, a one-touchdown game at the end, bro. Like, Alabama mm. isn't crazy like they are known to be from past years. Like, they are a very beatable team, and we've seen it throughout the season, that they are very beatable. Like, they're not world beaters like in past seasons. I think Arkansas can definitely keep up with them, but I think Alabama wins. I was and, mad LSU wet the bed, bro. That shit still <laughs> pissing me off. LSU had at least three right chances. There, they, they had at right least there. three chances to beat these niggas. And I'm like, y'all are really finna let these Alabama fans talk crazy about y'all. Like, y'all didn't just give them a hell of a game. <laughs> Wild shit. Wild shit. All right, man. And like I said, I got Utah. I got Utah over Oregon, too. All right, man, let's move on to some NBA talk, man. It's Steph Curry. First thing we got to talk about, going crazy. Warriors are 11-2. and two, And it's getting to the point where he's the runaway favorite for MVP at this point. And I think he's going to end up getting it. He has the narrative behind him. He has the best team. Like, should we just give this nigga MVP now or later? Or should we just bullshit and say, no, nah, it's not. The race is not over yet. It's still early in the season. Uh, he's he's the front runner right now, but KD KD is still in the conversation. KD is literally well after last night. KD he with, showed that nigga KD was good last night. <laughs> after last night, Steph has taken the jump. I'm sure as uh the the leading scorer in the league right now, but KD is literally right behind him, and KD's stats is looking just as good as Steph's. It's just Steph has the edge right now because. They're 12 and 2. They're the better team right now. And he's playing lights out. So, like you said, it's a it's a better narrative behind Steph on top of him playing extremely well right now. So he's definitely the front runner. But other than Kevin Durant, I could say, yeah, you might as well end the conversation at this point. It's just Steph right now. Steph, and then you got KD right behind him. That's it. Yeah. It, it's Steph right now, man. And the way this Warriors team is playing, nobody expected this coming into the season except. Me, maybe 
I don't know. I'll just say that. <laughs> but I, that's that's all I'm gonna say. But I think the, a lot of people didn't expect this, so I think the narrative is already going with that. Like, oh damn, like they surprising people too, being first in twelve and two. Like they're dominating teams. Like, and it's not just like all offense. It's defensively like they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Last night they were like damn near like tied at halftime. Third quarter, the Warriors like ran away with the game against the Brooklyn Nets with Harden and against KD. Like they were shutting them niggas down. Like you can't really shut down KD, but they slowed that nigga down for real. It's like, hey, this Warriors team, they don't hey. even have everybody healthy yet. And they looking like this is crazy. It's the fact. It's the fact Curry locked up Harden the way this nigga did. That's, that's I was like, I was like, whoa. I don't think I've ever seen Curry lock up anybody. Not not to that extent where you real deal like causing a turnover and you like you're diving after loose balls or I've never seen Curry lock anybody up like that. So that was crazy to see. Yeah, man. Harden, Harden, I feel like still trying to adjust at this point. I'm still not giving up on my man. A lot of niggas is diving into Harden right now, man, because he, like, he's definitely been struggling earlier in this season. But I still think that he will adjust. And he's not playing as aggressive as he has played in past seasons. And I feel like that's kind of affecting the team, even though the, the Nets are still like 10 and 5. They still have a good record. I feel like that's more so off the back of just KD being great, more so than like a combination of two of the players like actually playing well together. I feel like Harden hasn't been aggressive. I don't know if it's the hamstring. He just doesn't look as explosive either. So it's like it's not just him not getting the foul calls because he's still getting fouled and not getting the foul calls, but he's not looking as aggressive for his shot. And that's why I look back and I'm just like, where is that Harden from the past few seasons that we know? Because we know it's still in there, but is it an injury? Like what is holding you back? It can't just be the foul calls that are holding you back from aggression. Well, I'm wondering if it's the fact that he's the most trusted to run this offense right now, and maybe he's thinking more of, I need to create better opportunities for the team more so than get my own personal shots. Not Katie. Kyrie not playing this season so far is probably in his head like, okay, well, I can't play my style of ball aggressively and KD, and we don't really know who's going to lead the offense down the floor, you know? So I feel like right now he's trying to learn how can I facilitate while still getting my buckets, and I think he's leaning more towards the facilitating point instead of doing what you said and just play your game and just get buckets. But for players like Harden, shit just works better when you have a a – when you have that aggression mindset, like I have to score, like score first, pass later. Like everything feels like opens up after that. But now people are playing Harden, high key for the pass and making him drop to the basket. Like, oh, you got to go to the basket. You have to finish over me, Harden. There's nobody that you can actually pass to. And it's like he's high key questioning that, which is leading to turnovers and other shit that we really haven't seen from Harden. And that's why I'm like, this ain't the same person that I know, bro. And I really grew a, a real respect and a real love for us. I don't know what's going on with him, bro. But I still think he will shake back eventually, though. And moving on with the uh, the Phoenix Suns. So I've been looking at the Suns in the cut. They're still looking good, man. They went yeah. to the finals last year. I thought we were going to see some sort of regression, but we haven't. <laughs> the, 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 the Aiden has been playing well. Booker has been playing well. CP3, everything is still clicking. They still have the continuity. What are your expectations for the Suns this year? Like, Do you think it's a championship or bust season after last year? Nah, just because I don't know, bro. The CP3 curse is still, <laughs> it's still it's real, bro. Yeah, they got to the finals. 
and we see we see they still didn't get it. So <laughs> no, see the not... curse was that he couldn't get out the second round. Him getting to the finals was big. It was, but it's like you finally get there. That's probably the only time you're gonna get there. Is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but um honestly though, uh right now with the Suns, I don't really know what they expect. I haven't watched much of their games, but I have been keeping track of the fact that they are on like a nine to ten game winning streak right now. So hopefully they can keep it up. Hopefully they can be a top five team in the West to where they can make that finals push again. Uh, the Warriors are clearly the favorites right now in the West. After them, I would probably say the Suns just because of how impressive they're looking regardless of record. So as long as they keep it up, they can make that push to get there again. And are you saying that with everybody healthy, though? Are you saying yeah, yeah, the yeah. Suns are better? With the Lakers healthy, you still saying that? With, the second-best the, team. They, yeah, they could still be the second-best team. Because right now, the, the Lakers, I don't trust the Lakers to finish the regular season as a top-five team. With the way they're playing right now, I, I can't say I expect them to. Because I get it, Braun is out. But this was the whole point of why Braun, not to segue to the Lakers like this, but this is the whole point of why Braun chose to play with AD because he felt like AD – could be molded into that leader. And AD came out and said it the other day. He was like, we're playing terrible. Like, we're not a championship team right now. We suck. Like, we're not. I don't know why we're playing so lackadaisical. I don't know what's going on, but we're just not that team. And right now, they are sitting on the brink of not making the playoffs if the playoffs started today. So when it comes to the Lakers, I would have to say the Suns would be over them as far as seeding and as far as chances to make it at this point. Wow. Honestly, I think I think the Lakers have looked better high key without LeBron because I feel like everybody is catching their rhythms and they don't have to feed off the LeBron system. So that's high key helping them right now. Everybody's catching the rhythm. I think uh Taylor and Horton Tucker just came back, Wayne Ellington just came back. So a lot of the new pieces that they wanted to have coming into the season are coming back. So when Bron comes back, I feel like everything will run more smoothly. You still have to figure out the Russ and LeBron, which is a big thing, but I think they will mm. figure out that we just have to stagger their minutes because Russ at the back, like the back end when um Bron was out, it has been playing well without LeBron. So I think if you just stagger their minutes, this team can do something. But the continuity of the Suns would have me have them right now have them at two in the Western Conference, even if the Lakers were healthy. And a team that we have to be looking out for, bro, and I want to give them their flowers, is the Nuggets. You know, even though I don't fuck with that bitch-ass nigga Jokic. Jokic, Damn, Jokic does a lot for... Huh? What your kids did to y'all? He did that punk ass shit last week. No, he did that punk ass shit last week. I ain't forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah. you were, you were like the only one upset about that. Everybody else. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Heat fan, so obviously I'm ride out for my niggas. I'm ride out for my niggas. But um, Jokic does so much for this team, dog. That it doesn't matter who plays with him, like he's going to get dubs regardless because he's that valuable of a player. Like, we see how they can still, without Jamal Murray, they're going up in the standings last season. And even without Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter hasn't played for some games this season, they're still winning games and still winning them, like, handily. And it's like, why is this happening for this team? Like, you feel like the more, the less talent you have, the less chance you have for winning. But I feel like it's everything just revolves around Joker. If he's playing, you have a chance. And that's against anybody. And we're seeing that early in the season. I think they're like second or third in the Western Conference. I think they're third behind the Suns. And it's like Jokic could hockey be in that MVP conversation again. And I still have them high up there. 
and I'm looking right now, uh, they're actually fifth right now. It's the Warriors, the Suns, the Mavs, the Jazz, and then the Nuggets for the top wow. five teams in the West. But when it comes to who can really compete with the Warriors right now out of these top five teams, it clearly is the Suns at this point because I feel like they're the only team offensively that can stand with them. Yes, Jokic oh, yeah. is doing a great job by just, you know, excuse me, by playing tough guy ball and just winning these games regardless of who he's playing with. But to beat the Warriors at this point, you have to slow down their tempo and you have to score as many buckets as them. You're not going to stop them from scoring, but you can slow down their tempo at least and try to match them bucket for bucket, which I feel the Suns have the best opportunity of doing right now. But I think that's something that the Lakers can do as well because the Lakers don't and it's always the thing of should you run with the Warriors? Like, or can you really beat mm-hmm. the Warriors in a track race, especially when everybody's healthy? Can you beat the Warriors in a track race? And do you want to play that type of game with them when they're the best at it? I feel like the Lakers can play a different style of basketball, which really is different from the Warriors, and that can beat the Warriors. That They'll slow down the pace, and they can really use their size to an advantage, which the Warriors do not have. Like they can post up Bron and who's guarding Bron. They can post up AD and you can throw uh Draymond at AD, but it's like they still have other centers like Dwight and other people that can get offensive rebounds and can create extra possessions for that team. So even when we look forward to who's the biggest threat for the Warriors, I would still say the Lakers because their style of play. I know what I'm going to get with that. With the with the Suns, I'm scared because y'all gonna be in a track race with the Warriors, and I feel like I know who's gonna win <laughs> the race. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm worried about. But who would but you have they, as a they don't really they they don't really have any other form of play when speaking on the Suns they don't really have any other form of play that I'm looking at that can rival the Warriors without having to play their game. I feel like the Suns are in a oh, position yeah. where you you have to play the Warriors game mm-hmm. whether you want to or not. So I, I feel like that's the bittersweet point of the Suns. They're the that's, only that's what team I'm saying. that can do it, but yeah. You, you have no choice whether you want to or not. It doesn't matter if you can or can't. Like, you're the only team that possibly could. So That's what I'm saying. And that's why I'm worried about them because, like, they can, and we've seen they can look good while doing it, but it's like it's still the Warriors. Like, we've seen yeah. it. It's like a five-year track record with the Warriors at this point. Like, I know what I'm going to get. And we've seen that Chris – I mean, Steph Curry is high-key Chris Paul's kryptonite. <laughs> like, when he be guarding Steph, yeah. like, I think Chris Paul be looking shook. So even though they look good Man. at this point, it's like – I know what Chris Paul looks like against that, bro, and I don't want to see that in the playoffs. And uh, who would you have as your top five teams in the NBA? Top five right teams now. in the NBA, pulling up the standards again right here. I say the Warriors, obviously, at one. Uh, I would say the Suns at two, Bulls at three, Nets four. Mm. And I'd say I'll go with the Heat at five. It would be between the Heat and Dallas and being a Heat fan and just liking where the Heat are standing right now in the East. I, I would say Heat. So Warriors, Bulls, um, excuse me, Warriors, Suns, Bulls, Nets, Heat. I would have Warriors, the Suns. I would have the Bulls. I will have the Wizards. The Wizards have been looking very good, and they're being solid teams without Bradley Beal. It's gonna. I, I really want to see them. I really want to see them play against a team like fully healthy. 
And Washington isn't even fully healthy. They haven't played uh, Hachimura this year. They haven't played Thomas Bryant this year. And those are like key role players. And they're still beating good teams without Bradley Beal. Like this, I don't think this Washington team is a, as a finals contenders or no shit like that, but they're a team that's going to make some noise in the playoffs this year. But with so many veteran pieces like Montrez, Pope, Kuzma, Bill, you're going to get Hachimura, you're going to get Bryant. They're a team that you have to look out for come playoff time. And I would probably have the, the Heat at five. The Heat would be five. And shout out to Tyler Hero. I was tweeting about that shit the other day. I'm about to get a Hero jersey. That boy been playing tough, bro. Hero so tough, bro. I, I got to get that so for Christmas. Tough, I got I to get that Hero jersey for Christmas, bro. That nigga Hero so tough, bro. People would – I remember Chuck had said this, bro. Chuck was like, uh, Hero, yeah, Hero, he been playing well, but he can't score against – he can't score against starters, even though he's playing starters minutes. So the last three <laughs> – even though he – so he started the last three games because Jimmy has been out. And even Bam was out in the last game, and he scored 23, 27, and 29 the last three games against starters, against the Jazz, all of these good teams. Like, like how y'all feel about Hero at this point? He looking like that nigga for real in the starting lineup too. So when Hero came out before the season and said, like, I'm one of them niggas. Like, I'm up there with Ja. I'm up there with Trey. Like, how are y'all feeling about that? Because I was getting added a lot. I was getting mentioned a lot in that, in that, in that post. And he's proving that he's up there. I, I mean, I, I love it. I've been a Tyler Hero fan since he got in the league a couple years ago now. So I, I love what I'm seeing right now that I expect him to play on the same level as a jaw, as a Trey and all these other players right now. No, I've seen him like in that tier just below it with, with potential to get there. But the fact that he's already there so early in the season, he's an integral piece to the Heat's offense right now. I feel like if you were to take Tyler Hero out, I'm looking at the Heat like, damn, like, are they going to win these stretch of games or whatnot? Yeah. But with him in it, it's like, yeah, the Heat got this. Like, no doubt about it. With the way Lowry's running the offense, with the way Jimmy is Jimmy, and then you got that clutch performance in Tyler Hero to just knock down shots whenever you need it, the, the Heat are scary, bro. So that's why they in my top five. Yes, I have them at five, but that doesn't mean I don't look at them as a team that could jump higher. The Heat, bro. The Heat are – I said this coming into the season. They're going to be better by playoff time. I don't care how many games they lose. They're going to be better. They're built for the playoffs. And the way Hero is playing, I'm just getting more and more confidence, bro. Because I did, I thought he was going to have a leap, but this is like a real leap leap. Like, he's one yeah. of the best players on this team, like best scorers. Like, Jimmy can have a bad night, and Hero can pick up the slack and drop 30. Like, bro, we've seen it during the bubble – but now this is a different version. I feel like even from the bubble, like this is like a mature Tyler Hero, the handles, the playmaking. It's like, okay, Hero that nigga for real. Like, and we just got to get that nigga his flowers. And he got six men of the year wrapped up. Yeah, we can just get that reward to him now. And and that's why I said, bro, last season, it was just a sophomore slump. I know we don't usually like to give that to people who we expect um performances from, but he, he just had a sophomore slump last season wasn't as good as that bubble season but now he's showing like look that slump was just for sophomore year i'm a junior now i'm in high school <laughs> i got this you know what i'm saying so i feel like uh hero just gonna keep getting better and better i i know uh when the trade talks were out for uh Kawhi and lowry and all these people i know you and a couple of other people were saying like as great as hero is like he would need to be traded in order for us to get the picks that we want or the trades that we want, I should say. But I, I'm not mad that the Heat kept Hero, bro. I'm not. I feel like he's going to be oh, yeah. 
that type of player that just stays around for the franchise for years and years and years and really creates a legacy there. He's that type of player. I think that's why the Heat have um haven't let him go yet. And it's funny because I don't regret anything that I've said about Hero in the past. Like I feel like if we could have got Harden, if we had to trade Hero to get Harden, I still would have said trade for Hero and trade for Kawhi or whoever that we could have traded for. But trading him or not trading him looks like a, a genius decision with the leap that he has made because he's giving you just what you need with the off-the-bench scoring. He can come in at points. He can even run your team at points. It's like he's the perfect player, and he's the style that we need for this team. So it looks like the perfect decision, man. So, hey, I got to respect it from Pat. Definitely got to respect it, man. And uh, let's move forward to two wild Wednesday. What you got? Uh, my first one is uh, it's one that's already been said. Stephen A. Smith said it, bro. I'm gonna go ahead and put it on two wild Wednesday. LeBron has won his last championship with the um. LeBron has won his last championship period in his career. Too wild or not too wild? Not too wild. Not too wild at all, especially with the Warriors looking like this. <laughs> Not too wild at all. And the thing about the Warriors, like even when Steph falls off, they have some young boys that's going to be producing very, very soon. Jonathan Kaminga, we see him at points last night. Moody hasn't even been really getting playing time. Like those are young boys that are good, but the roster is so stacked at this point that they're not even in the rotation. So when Steph starts to slide down, they're going to have some young boys coming up. And they still going to have Wiggins. They still going to have Wiseman that are going to be there to really uh, replace the scoring. So it's like the Warriors are going to be there. They're the future. <laughs> yeah, I, I say not too wild just in a sense of, you know, Bron is – I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but the social media is not taken over by Bron anymore, bro. It's not – I know he's hurt, Whoa, obviously. What do, what so do you he, mean by this? Like social media, like you don't see – I, I know he's been hurt, but my point is, I don't think even when Braun comes back healthy, I don't think our timelines are just going to be full of LeBron anymore. And this is this is what I was talking about when I when I said LeBron is, uh, what was the word? Like he's he's on the back end of his career. Like it's it's really just what was the word I used? He's uh, damn bro, what did I say? Uh, LeBron. I didn't say falling off, but I said he's he's just going downward at this point. And you were trying to tell me, like, no, like, he's not going downward until, like, it's noticeable. As long as he's winning. as long, And I just meant from a standpoint of he's not the guy anymore when it comes to who's running the league, who are we looking at most to win, who are we looking at most to, you know, just run through the fucking conference, whether, whether it's east or west that time for LeBron is over, bro. So I, I'm just coming with peace with it before I actually see it. Because once I see it, that I'm shit probably going to bring me. Very, very, very early. Nah, bro. I, only reason I'm calling it early, bro, because I don't want to actually – I don't want to get surprised when I see it. Like, I want to already know it's coming. And I think a lot of y'all are just like, until I see it, that nigga still running the league. And I'm just like – I'm sitting here like, bro, he's still the face of the NBA, but – LeBron is is not running the league anymore, bro. Like that that time. Who's is, running it? Who the fuck? <laughs> who the fuck? No, is that's the what I'm, I'm asking you. Who right running? If it ain't Bron, who running it? it it's nobody it's, else. It's, oh, it's, it's Bron. It's Steph, it's Steph. It's Steph right now. Steph, Steph running it. I thought it might have been. But I feel like we've seen this before with Steph. I feel like we've seen this before with Steph. Like Steph had a couple of years, but Bron still was like, nah, nigga, this still nah, my I, shit I at the end of the day. 
I think now at this point it's really like I don't I don't see Braun just bro the the nigga finna be thirty seven next month like I, but that's, I don't but this is what I'm saying from... though bro like niggas is giving up on Braun way too quick even though I don't think the the uh, Lakers are getting to the finals I'm not gonna say Braun is declining because even though he's getting injured he's still the same player every time he steps on the court so as long as Braun is giving me twenty seven nine and eight he's that nigga bro and even like you said we keep throwing up age as a, a factor but if he keeps putting up similar stat lines I can't say shit about Braun bro because he keeps showing me but every he, time that he that nigga if he's getting hurt more bro I'm not expecting 27 28 point I'm not expecting that anymore if you're getting hurt as much as you are like bro I, I can't bro like it is hurting me to see I don't like the fact that LeBron is injured already frequently now this is like his second time getting hurt so far this season and missing this stretch of games and I'm just like bro like it's it's happening bro I see it happening right now Niggas ain't going to call it until they dead ass just see Braun can't play no more. And I'm going to probably cry when that happens because it's like, damn, like that generation is is over, bro. But right now I see it, bro. He's he's getting hurt more. The, he's looking for the team to be good without him, bro. At this point, Braun is looking like I'm just extra. Like I need y'all to be able to be like, we can do this shit whether Braun on the court or not. And the fact that we're still looking at it like Braun has to come back for these niggas to really do some shit like it, it's it's kind of like a damn bro i don't know if brian can just be that guy anymore that he just has it all on him i really think brian's sitting out for everybody else to catch rhythm i honestly don't think brian's hurt and i think we've seen this before brian sits out just to take breaks and i think he's sitting out to take a break right now and that's why i think all this injury talk is how he overrated as hell because i i know brian is a smart ass nigga and brian is a crack baby bro that nigga is a superhuman who cannot get hurt literally so i think he just takes breaks in the middle of seasons didn't we see this shit was wasn't in cleveland or some shit like that where the nigga just took two weeks off and he wasn't hurt the nigga just said yeah i don't want to come back to the team right right now oh it was like some oh, paraphrase that's, that's shit that he said no, I don't think it's just, this, like that's the thing. That's the thing, reports. no, bro. That's, that's the thing. I don't think it's different. I think it's something similar, but he's not coming out outwardly and saying, oh, I'm not going to come back. I think he's going to say it's an injury, but he's letting everybody else find their groove at this point. So when Braun step in, okay, bet, nigga, we on and popping. I think it's some shit like that. I don't think Braun is as hurt as a lot of people are saying at this point. I think Braun wanted Russ to catch his rhythm because he's seen that pairing wasn't working. Like, Russ, catch your rhythm, bro. Like all these niggas is coming back into the fold, Tan Horton, uh, Horton Tucker. Uh, who else we seen? Wayne Ellington. Catch y'all rhythms, bro. So when I come back, everybody is back on the team and we ready to go because he was just getting a headache with the shit that he was dealing with in the beginning. He's taking a pause right now. He's gonna come back, be that Braun. Like, I'm not seeing the decline from your perspective. I know that we're gonna see it eventually, but I'm not seeing a, a decline from Braun like that. I really think he's just taking a break, a two-week break, like we've seen Braun do before, but he just calling BS with the injury. I think that's what he was doing. I don't know, but that's Bron though. He, I think Bron slick as hell like that though. I I wouldn't be surprised if the the chip that we seen last year. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the last one. I, I really would. I still, if think, he gets I still a, think that's the last chip. I still think it's the last chip for sure. If, if he gets another one, that that's great. That just builds more onto his legacy. Before the season started, I I picked the the Lakers to get to the finals at least, whether they win or not. But yeah. All right. Uh. Russell Wilson will not be a Seattle Seahawk in 2022. Too wild or not too wild? Uh, I honestly say too wild. I feel like he'll still 
stay on the Seahawks. I feel like he he's just built such a huge name for himself there. I I don't really see him going anywhere else. Where the hell could he go, honestly, in my head right now that would just be the perfect situation for him? Like, I mean, you could say the Saints. but hey, I'll about, the, I'll, That's literally the team I was about to say. But this is my <laughs> rebuttal on that. Are the Saints all in on Winston? I know Winston got hurt this year. He's out for get, the rest Jay, of the if year. If you get uh, Wilson, bro, you're going for Wilson, bro. Even but, though I fuck with Jameis. But this is what I'm saying. Like, you fuck with Jameis. It's a lot of people who are saying the New Orleans Saints are probably trying to rebuild their franchise with Jameis. So are you going to try and rebuild with Jameis? Or are you going to try and just... Oh no! When Russell the... Wilson comes in, when Russell Wilson comes in, we're winning games. No, but I I know you're winning game, not you, but uh, I know the Saints will win games. But I just feel like they're banking in on Winston to be the guy. I don't think the Saints are going to be looking for a quarterback because they're like, well, Russ is out there, but we putting all our chips in on Winston to be the future because Winston is still young as hell. Not saying Russ mm-hmm. is old, but. Winston still definitely has years that he can look forward to as far as being a, a franchise QB. So that's the only rebuttal I would have with the Saints. Like, are you all in on Winston or are you kind of in and willing to go with the better option if it presents itself? They're not all in on Winston. They can't be because I, I don't, I'm not even fully confident that they're going to resign him. I think they will, but I'm not sure. It's not like a for sure thing, even though he played well this season. If you can get a superstar quarterback, you're going to get him. It was the same thing about the Dolphins. We were talking about Deshaun Watson. If you can get Deshaun Watson, even though he got all of the allegations, you're going to get Deshaun Watson, bro. If you can get Russell Wilson, and if you can get Michael Thomas back, Alvin Kamara, your defense is still good. Get get that train rolling. I think the 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 end of the road is already with the Seahawks, bro. Y'all can't recruit talent. Y'all had a chance to get OBJ. OBJ didn't even want to come to y'all. Y'all just it felt like the same team the past three four years. Like y'all not helping Russ out at all, bro. Y'all want Russ to do everything. It's like I feel like other teams can put him in better positions to win, and I think the Seahawks are not doing that for him anymore. I don't know. I feel like he he fucked with Pete Carroll a lot, bro. I feel like that relationship he got with Pete is gonna be there. It may not be the best, but I feel like it's a strongly respectable relationship to where it's like I'll ride this through with y'all. Y'all better fuck with you and no, not this not my situation no more though. But I'm saying like as much as I want to. I feel like he looking at them like y'all better give me some fucking help. I'm gonna stay, but y'all He's been better saying that the past three years and nothing. I, I think <laughs> I think he gonna say it again. That's what I'm saying. I think he gonna say it again. It's gonna be one of them things, bro, where it's like Rush just shows his loyalty over I'm trying to chase getting this. I feel like Russ is gonna be that loyalty type of guy. And it's that same thing with Aaron Rodgers, bro. Aaron Rodgers wasn't hurt, bro. And he was just like, fuck it. I'm just done with this shit. Like, I, I, I'm, he's at the end of the road with the Packers. Y'all niggas ain't listening to me. Y'all ain't got me no help. You can say the same thing with the Seattle Seahawks. And I feel like to an even lesser extent. Like, damn, they, the Packers defense is at least good. The Seahawks defense isn't that great. You got Jamal Adams and a lot of put-together pieces at that point, And Bobby Wagner as well. But other than that, it's like, damn. Offensively and defensively, we can be better. And y'all not showing up anything. So what are y'all where who are y'all paying at this point for everything that we're doing? Like it don't even make sense. So I think it's rust time is up in Seattle. True. I w- I wouldn't be surprised. I d- I just think he's gonna be that that loyalty type of guy. He's gonna pull a uh what you call it, a Damian Lillard. All right. But uh next one, which AFC team, which AFC five and five team has the most upside? The Colts, the Browns, or the Broncos? 
The Browns look so goddamn bad, bro. The Colts, the Browns, or the Broncos. Oh, it's still the Browns. As, oh, of those three teams, it's still the Browns. Oh, those three teams. Yeah, it's the Browns. Because uh, I still think you don't have, even though Baker isn't an elite quarterback, like everything around him, I feel like it's still good. Even though that defense can be great and sometimes they look trash, they're better than those other two teams that you name. And that's the that's what I'll say about them. I would still say the Browns too, just because uh, Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback, whether he fits my top 10 prediction or not. Like Baker Mayfield is still a, a good starting quarterback in this league. The team is really talented, especially with running the ball and defensively. So I think they're just, they're just not playing well, straight and simple. Like it's not talent. I don't even think it's necessarily coaching. I think the niggas just not playing well. <laughs> they're just losing games that they should not lose because on any day where everybody's at their best, the Browns are one of those teams you have to be scared of. So I think they have the most upside out of everybody um, that I listed. I would say the Broncos are second, though. I feel like the Broncos are a team that knows how to get upset wins. They know how to have close games. And the Colts are just dead last because Carson Wentz is dumpster fire at this point. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Um, What was my other one? My other one was, uh, damn, what was that shit about, bro? Oh, if we redo the draft, Mac Jones goes first overall. Too wild or not too wild? Hmm. Yeah, not too wild. Based See, based I knew niggas was going right say now. that shit, bro. Y'all niggas if you, if you crazy said as fuck. You niggas crazy you, as fuck. You niggas if you said, said based Jones, off of right now? Like you're, you're, if we you're, redo you're the draft, saying, if, if we you're saying with hindsight, draft, you're yeah, saying with if hindsight. We, if we redo the draft, Mac Jones goes first overall to the Jags. Yes. If you're speaking with hindsight, if we're if if you literally just say it, if we see from what we've seen right now in the NFL this season, and we go back, we would draft Matt Jones first based off of what we're seeing right now. You're you're literally saying with hindsight. No. Hindsight is always no, 2020. Bro. Hindsight is even always if it's 2020. 2020, because you have to think of the situations at this point, bro. Even though he's looking this good, it's because of the situation. If we put this nigga on the Jags, that nigga looking ass. <laughs> and he because ain't looking the like the same type of quarterback. Because That's what Jags, I'm saying. Bro. So Trevor Lawrence should still be the first quarterback taken in the draft. He just plays for the Jags. If you put Trevor Lawrence on the Patriots, this nigga looking like an all-pro. That's my point. So if we're going to redo the shit, that means he's going to the Jags. And he's not going to be the same quarterback. So I think he went where he was supposed to go. So that's, that's a trick question. Like that's it's not, it's not a, a trick, trick question. question. It's not a trick. You're question. asking me to you're asking <laughs> me to use hindsight, but then you're telling me to ignore the hindsight. I'm, I'm telling you to use both. Me. I'm telling you to use both. You can use. You can see the hindsight, but you you see the talent. You see the talent, but put that talent on Jacksonville. Everybody would be trash going to Jacksonville. Like that's not okay. a fair comparison. Like <laughs> that's literally, that's not a fair comparison at all. Everybody's that's, trash going but, to. So my question would still be: Do you think he is the best quarterback from this draft after seeing what you've seen? No. If I had to say that, I would say no. So you you think who? Tre Trevor Lawrence is the best mm -hmm. quarterback from the class, but if you put I had him over, to you put some over Fields, dude. Uh yeah, I, I would I would still put him over Fields. If if I had to specifically answer the question you asked, though, I would say yes to the original question. I would draft Mac Jones first, based off of what I'm seeing in the NFL, regardless of the system, because you could easily be in this Patriots system and still be playing ass. Like you could still not be that guy. So the fact that he stepped up and is actually being that guy, 
I would say that's crazy, well, bro. Yeah, based off of what <laughs> I'm watching, like based off of what I've seen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't rock with it, bro. I can't rock with it. I feel like it's a disservice or a discredit, man. The, the Trevor and what he's going through. He's going through hell right now. No, like, I'm, I'm sure I, when he's getting a better situation. I respect what he's going through in Jacksonville because he got to rebuild that whole culture over there. And we already yeah. know he got to fire his coach, too. I feel like Trevor's going to fire his own. He's going to do it himself, bro. It ain't going to be the owner. So hey, I respect remember, that uh, more. Remember in the movie Invincible? <laughs> remember the movie Invincible? They were walking in training camp. No, nah, no. Nah. Bring your playbook. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your playbook. <laughs> you talking about the one with Wahlberg. You talking about the one with Yeah, with, when yeah. they had to make the first cuts, it was like, yeah. Coach want to see you. Hey, Trevor wants to see you. Bring your playbook. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Uh, one more, man. We got to move on. Oh, uh, did I have one more? I think I only had two this week. I only had them two. You only had two. Shit. All right, that's cool. Shit, we trying to move on. Uh, all right. Uh, moving to entertainment and current events. Uh, Playing yeah. With, uh, so, the baby and Danny Lee. Yeah, uh, the baby is on some bullshit right now, bro. Uh, I know there's always two sides to every story, and we don't fully know what has happened with him and Danny Lee, but. He was about to kick her and his newborn baby out like at 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, that's not cool, bro. I don't care what the argument was. I don't care if you see her as a side bitch or not. And that's why I put on when I texted you, what is the definition of a side chick? Like, because if you're flying her out, if you're meeting her family, if you're buying her cars and all this and that, and you've been with her on and off for the past however many years now, how is that a side chick? Like, what's the difference between a side chick and a main chick at that point? Like, I, I don't know. It was confusing me. A side chick does things that the main chick does not do. It's like an escape now, kid. That's what that's what the that's what a side chick is for. <laughs> you wouldn't get a side chick if the main chick is something that the side chick has that the main chick just doesn't. That's what a side chick is. And I don't understand this whole situation. Like, give us like more context because I know that they were kicking it at some point last year. Uh, she ended up getting pregnant, having this baby, and now they're going mm-hmm. through all this turmoil. He's going on IG Live and posting, like, yeah, she was my side bitch. Yeah, I was never really fucking with her like that. And she's going through a whole lot because she just had the baby going through all the postpartum and all that shit. So what's going on with the situation? Well, to just give it a deeper storyline, a few days ago, they were chilling at his house or whatever. And I guess over the past, like, year or so now she's kind of been staying at his place like even before she was pregnant she was staying at his place like she had stuff in his bathroom she had clothes over there all of that danny lee has her own place but staying in la with the baby that's her only place that she can literally go to as far as living so she's been living with him for a while and even while she was pregnant he wasn't really claiming her. He wasn't claiming that that was his baby or none of that. Even though us as the public, we could tell that it was his baby. But now that the baby has been born, now that it's three months and everything, they were on live the other night and he was basically telling her to get out. Nobody knows why he was telling her to get out. He just was. And it, it turned into a whole argument and he was trying to record her. And he was like, I'm recording you for my safety. I'm calling the police. I want you to get out of my house. This girl is crazy. And that's why I'm like, we, we don't know the sides to, to both sides to the story right now. All we know is all of the information that Danny Lee is laying out. And what she's giving us is, that the baby ain't shit, and he he just basically played with her emotions for the past two two years, basically. Because even if you're not claiming her 
excuse me, even if you're not claiming her, you don't have to expose her the way that he did. Like for a hundred thousand yeah. people or even a million people to see on Instagram live, you posting her and you say, saying this, that, the third about her. It's like, why? You know what I'm saying? This is the mother of your child at the end of the day. You can still be respect there. It don't have to be disrespect. Like how you were disrespecting yeah. her on the IG live. It just didn't make sense. And it felt like it hockey came out of the blue. Like a lot of people were already not fucking with the baby for what he said at Rolling Loud. So to add this on top of it, it's just like, you really looking like an ain't shit ass nigga, bro. That's what I'm like, saying. Niggas, like, really like, it's not on... you, so... <laughs> yeah, and like it's not on her. Like, if you're gonna like claim her, are you gonna have her kicking it at the house? She just had your newborn baby, bro. Like, you really just gonna disrespect her like that and kick her and the baby out. Like, this is too much that's going on. And you're you know she ain't got nowhere no to go. That's what you I'm know saying. You're not gonna set her up for no at three place? in the morning. Like, come on, bro. But then that's on the, the second live, on the second live, the following morning, he was. Yeah, he was like, uh, the what was he telling? He was like, if you want to go, like, I'll let you go. Like, I'll I'll get you. I'll call a PJ for you. I'll get you on the jet, and I I could let you go back home. I'll put you in a hotel wherever you want to go. Just get out of my house. But she wouldn't leave. I didn't see her live after that, or I didn't see her IG story after that to explain why she didn't leave. But I think she was really trying to communicate with him and understand like why things are happening the way they're happening but like ladies i need to let y'all know coming from a man once a nigga tell you you are not his lady publicly at that like whether it's privately or publicly (laughs) once a nigga tell you you are not his lady just go like just go please and (laughs) i i understand the baby to a certain extent because certain people were saying you should have just you know walked out for a while or you should have just left blah blah it's my house if i don't i'm not leaving my house like that's the one thing i'm not doing i'm not listening and this is the thing about this whole situation, because like you said, we don't know both sides to the story, so we can't act like we do. But with everything that we've seen, I, the only thing I have a problem with is the respect, bro. Just yeah. have respect for the girl, bro. Come on. She just had your child. That's the only thing I have a problem with. Kicking her out. Maybe she's doing something. Maybe she's hitting them. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But have respect for it. Everything don't got to be for the public to see. Y'all could have handled that behind closed doors, but the fact that you posting it, oh, she doing this to me. Oh, I told her she my side bitch and she don't want to leave. Like, that's just so extra. You know, that's whole shit. Yeah. And we keeping it all. That's some whole shit that he posted for 100,000 people to see on IG Live. And we just got to keep it a bean. Even though niggas view the baby as a real nigga, that's some whole shit. Plain and simple. Hey, and word of advice to her brother. He must not hear what happened to the last security guards. Her brother came out and said he want to fight this nigga. And I'm like, dude, do he know this the nigga that killed a nigga in Walmart? Like, <laughs> and he, he knocked the nigga out somewhere. He, wasn't he like in some, um, he's not, he was in a mall or something. He was, yeah, he was like in a mall or some shit like that. He knocked the nigga out. Like, yeah, he, he, he a real This nigga, man is known him. for knocking people out and he has a body, <laughs> a, a, a legal body that we all know about, not even including whatever we don't know. Like, I don't think this is the guy you want to fight. And and her brother posted a video of himself boxing yesterday. And I was just like, you're not helping. Hey, but this is the question. This, this is the question, though, bro. Is it is it are we getting to the point where the baby is really going to get canceled? Canceled? Like we already knew the situation with the rolling loud. Like we knew he was gonna bounce back, even though everybody was going through that over. We knew he was gonna come back. But from this, I feel like the respect is kind of gone with the baby. Like, you're doing too much. You're getting too out of the way. Niggas not even banging with your music. Like, your music ain't even good enough to be doing this extra shit that you're doing right now. So where do we stand with the baby situation? 
I don't think he's canceled. I don't think he ever will be canceled, but he he doesn't have the music world in his hands anymore. I don't I don't think he ever will have it in the palm of his hand anymore. Same thing that happened with Kodak. Kodak is out of jail. He's not in trouble anymore. He's dropping music. But remember that point in time when Kodak literally had the world in his hands. 2017, 2016? So from, from 2015 to like 20, beginning of 2018, like Kodak had the music world in his hands. And now it's like he still drops music, but ain't nobody going. He does? Other than, <laughs> other, other than diehard Kodak fans, nobody's going crazy for Kodak yeah. anymore. So I feel like the baby is going to get to that point where it's like, yeah, niggas still know, still know about you. Niggas still play your music, but you're not going to be like the prime person anymore. So I didn't even know Kodak dropped me. <laughs> bro, yeah. What was the last Kodak project I listened to, bro? Might have been Painting Pictures, bro. Was that 2017? That might have been the last one. I don't know what what was the one after that. Yeah, was it the one? Yeah, listen to uh, Project Baby Two, Dying to Live. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. The last, the last, the last hit I probably heard from Kodak, bro, was Big Bang. Big Bang is probably the last hit I heard. Oh no, you you've heard shit since then. Uh. Uh, oh, yeah. Z. Well, this song he ain't, even Kodak said he ain't like this song, but ZZ with Travis Scott and Offset. This that Z shit. It's that Z shit. Okay, Project Baby, all grown up. Look like it was my last time I listened to Kodak. Yeah, calling my Project spirit. Oh, Rolling uh, Peace was his last hit. Was that his last hit? Nah, Rolling bro. Peace? That's the last. That's what I'm saying. If I'm lying, I'm flying. Malcolm XXX, like bro, it, it's been some. That's why I said 2018, bro, because Project Baby Two came out in 2017. He definitely dropped. He dropped Dying to Live in 2018, and Dying to Live had hits on it. So, all right, man, but moving on. Ever since then, okay, it's just been singles. It's just been singles ever since then. He ain't really had no project for real. All right, man, moving on to uh the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Man, what's going on with this situation? Uh, I just wanted to bring this up because I don't know why it's taking so long. I get it. He was under the age of 18 when he got the guns, but I don't care. Like, the man still killed two people, and I believe he injured other people as well. And I don't like the fact out of this 12-person jury, I think 11 people, 10 or 11 of these people are white people. So it's kind of like a situation where you can see your child in that situation. If you're a white juror and you're an adult, and you see this 17, 18 year old boy, he looks like your son. He looks like your nephew. Like you're not getting a diverse group of opinions that can really give a true uh verdict on this kid. And he's not even a kid no more. The nigga 18. So you're you you deserve he should to be go getting real this. time. Yeah, That's he deserves what I'm saying. Real you time. should be facing real time. And it's the fact that this trial is being drug out. He's only even the only charges that are being addressed right now, I think, are his misdemeanors. I don't even know if he's gonna be on trial for these felony charges, bro, because he was underage when it happened because he didn't buy the firearm himself. He didn't cross state lines with the firearm. And, uh, he, uh, what's call it? Uh, he was still underage when he was possessing it. So he technically did not break any laws other than the fact that he killed people. And he had the oh, same nigga. What? <laughs> you know, I, I was speaking from, a, I was speaking from a legal standpoint, like legally, like the only thing, and when it comes to the gun, legally, the only thing he did wrong was kill people. Like, he didn't, he was underage, so he couldn't buy it anyway. That's like, no, you got you got to think about that sentence that you just said. 
That's a wild ass sentence, bro. That's a wild ass sentence. It's very wild. (laughs) Ethically, ethically, yes. Like, I don't care how old you are. Like, you know that's wrong. Like, you're at the age where you know that's wrong. But legally speaking, like, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, so I I hate that, bro. I hate that shit. This is a wild situation, but you can you can tell tones of trials and the judge is on some bullshit too the judge was kind of trying to uh agree with him for what he was doing like he was trying to you know shoot him a lot of bail for what he was doing it's just like you're not seeing him for what he is because if kyle rittenhouse was black like we always say and he killed some white folks we already know what the situation is but now that it's flipped I see that they watching a video of the situation together, the judge and Red House, they watching this shit together like they're buddies and shit. I'm like, what is going on here, bro? Like, it's too much communication between the two parties, bro. And I, I feel like he's shooting him too much bail for being young and not having respect for black people at all. Nigga carrying mm-hmm. a gun around black people just killing folks. And then I seen another video not too long ago, like uh, from a year ago, he was punching a lady in a in a fight. Like, he was, like, this nigga Red House is like, a war criminal like this nigga's a felon bro like this nigga needs to be in jail for sure and once once i see him doing all that fake crying trying to force them tears out i was like yeah put this man in the slammer put him in <laughs> put him in i don't want to hear anything this man has to say bro tell me why i forgot about that shit that nigga was fake crying bro, bro that nigga was, was a fake person crying. <laughs> <laughs> if fake that crying shit was, was so a ugly person, too bro you can tell that nigga never cried for real in his life, bro. That shit was just ever. That nigga was so ugly, bro. He was trying. Man. You know how when you uh when you can't make your sentences together after you get a whipping, he was trying to cry like that. And I'm like, you're not even. Your face was turning red. You're not even. Have, have you ever been whooped out. in your life? Have you ever been whooped? In your life? I don't think he ever has. <laughs> that nigga isn't even used to crying for real for no punishment <laughs> shit. Like, I don't know, bro. That nigga on some bullshit. And I see that he got um one of his charges dismissed. He still has yeah. like five other charges to get through, like to. So I think he got a couple felony charges, got a couple misdemeanors. So they still got to go through those trials. But I know that he did get one dismissed, and I'm just like, this nigga finna end up getting and off with some. Slap they need on the to do the big the ones. Shit. They need to do the big ones first. Like I said, they're really just addressing the misdemeanors right now. It's like, nah, my nigga, y'all could do them last because they're misdemeanors. Those are probably meaningless anyway. But yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. Them probably just add-ons. Let's start off with the heavy hitters. Let's start off with the fact that you killed people. Let let that be the first felony that you go through. And then so on and so forth from worst to least. And imagine how the family of those two people that were killed feel. Like, them niggas not even trying to get justice for my kid. Them niggas trying to talk about how under how he was getting a gun underage. So that's more important to you. Him being underage and the gun laws in your state are more important to this court and justice system than getting justice for my kids. That's crazy. And, the, and that court and that justice system is telling you a lot by doing that, bro. And that's why I say, like, the the Constitution has to high-key change because we are too wrapped up in the, the slavery times, bro. Because if we're doing this shit and y'all telling us this, like, if you read between the lines, they're telling us how they feel about the shit already. It's like... We just got to tear this whole oh, system that, down and build it back up at this point. I about to say that. That shit not changing, bro. <laughs> the That's only what I'm way saying. Is, like, you got to tear everything down, bro, because this shit is out of control. You, the only way it's changed, we we have to have a civil war. Like, that's the only <laughs> way this shit going to change. As long as shit is going the way it's going, these old white people for the make sure it stay exactly how it is. You ever been to, like, a history museum and they have, like, the copy of, 
like the Constitution and Declaration of Independence on the original paper, and they gotta mm -hmm. keep it like air conditioned at a certain, yeah. certain temperature. <laughs> yeah. They will make sure that old ass paper stays intact <laughs> before they Facts. just go out and type a new document. <laughs> Factual, bro. Factual. They will have a hard time reading all that old hundred year old cursive <laughs> before they type up a new document. <laughs> That shit is factual, bro. That shit is so out of control these days, bro. It's crazy. For real. All right, man. Let's move on to uh, Dana Chanel scamming black businesses. What's going on here? Yeah, bro. Shit is wild. So, and who is this too? She's a Instagram influencer, a Christian influencer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it says right here, multiple complaints were lodged against Dana Chanel, a Christian entrepreneur who runs several businesses. Philadelphia-based social media influencer Dana Chanel, best known as the founder of hair and skincare brand Curl Bible, has been sued by the Office of Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shaprio over allegations that her affiliated businesses scammed consumers who paid for credit repair and marketing services. So that should tell you a lot right there that a lot of these quote-unquote Christian influencers that's what hey, I'm saying. Y'all gotta watch out because when it comes to that dollar, bro, re religion and money, oh, that don't ever try to just think that's gonna be a good coexistence. Do you know who uh Petey Popoff is? Uh he was somebody who was he used to be on BET, bro. He used to be on BET, like late night BET commercials, bro. And he used to be on B. I probably knew him and just didn't know his name. You look him up, you're gonna know, you're gonna see his commercial, be like, this shit, you definitely used to be on BET at 3 a.m. But yeah, but he used to be on the commercials like trying to sell, like getting saved, come to the church to get saved. All you have to do is pay this X amount of money and oh, you're yeah, going to be yeah, restored. Yeah, and you're going to be restored. His name is Petey Popoff. And he's been doing that same shit, like been scamming people blind, saying that, yeah, if you come to the church, like we're going to heal you and this, that, and the third. And if we quote unquote heal you, you have to pay us a certain amount of money. This nigga has been racking in for years with this church, bro. And it's all false. Like, none of this, his healing powers are real. Like, all everything he said is bullshit, but it's Christian, so everybody just rolls with it for the facade of Petey Popoff. This nigga is fake as hell. But he's still, bro, Petey Popoff has been going on since the 80s, bro. Late 80s to the, he's still going on now, 2021. Like, 40 plus years, 30, 40 plus years, this nigga is still getting money from the same old shit. And he's Christian, quote unquote Christian. And he's been profiting off of all of these uh unfortunate people, bro. It's crazy, bro. And I, I just think it's fucked up because it paints a negative light over the entire religion. And it makes it makes people who aren't Christian think, oh, so like all y'all Christians do just care about money. Like when it comes to your church or your whatever your religious um thing is as Christianity goes, like they think that covers the entire religion. And it's like Christianity, I think, is the only religion where a few bad examples will paint the picture of the whole religion. Like, you could have a few bad Muslims, like, we're, the whole 9-11 situation. Like, you could look at that other than white people. I don't think anybody other than white people did this, but when it came to Muslims uh, and Islam, when the whole 9-11 situation happened, there were still black people still choosing to do Islam over Christianity. Like they didn't let those few terrorists who studied and practiced and uh, were religious with Islam. They didn't let that affect their relationship with Allah and whatnot when it came to Islam. But when it comes to Christianity, it's like 
one or two things go wrong, and it's like, yep, see, that's that white man shit. That that Christianity shit ain't for black people. And it's like, damn, that's only like two or three people that's fucking up with the religion, as opposed to all the other people who are actually doing good when it comes to that. So I think it's it's kind of fucked up how. But one I don't think it's just I don't think it's just one or two that. people though, bro. I think it's more so. I feel like in every community you have heard stories of some pastors on some bullshit. Like, even yeah. in the older times, like, you heard some pastors doing some bullshit, cheating on their wife, and it's just like, this ain't the holy nigga that I thought he was. And it's like, if you're the face of church, especially in a community, if you're the face and you're fucking up, like, how can I trust religion? Because now I feel right. like it's bullshit because the person that is the face of the church in my community is on some bullshit. So now I think this whole religion is bullshit. And I feel like in every community, you have heard stories about that. And it's like the same type of story, bro. So that's why I don't feel like it's just more so one or two people. I feel like it's one or two people that are like big on this scale. Like everybody knows like the scam is going yeah. on. But in every community, we have heard bullshit, uh, especially regarding scandals and some other shit like that, profiting off of business. It's always something like that. And it's always from like the big people that you always see, bro. So I think it's in every community. I, I do. And that's that's why I said, like, even though it's big names, it, it just comes down to you can't. Well, I'm not going to say you can't because you should have big expectations of big people, but don't put all your eggs in one basket on banking that this person is just living this perfect life. Exactly. Like, yes, he or she may be a pastor or a reverend, but you have to understand that they're able to make mistakes just like you. Should they be least likely to make mistakes because they're the leader? Obviously, but it can still happen at the end of the day. And don't let what they do sway your whole belief on what's going on, because that could be with any religion. Like you can go to a Buddhist temple oh, for sure. and, and the and the lead monk might be talking on the side sometimes. He may be why, breaking the code of silence. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like it's not just Christianity. That's what a lot of that's why a lot of people are taking so much of a step back from religion. Because I feel like back in like the the early times, like even the 60s and 70s, people were so blind to it. Even if you heard some shit about it, it's like, nah, he ain't do that because it was more so just rumors. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not believing mm -hmm. that shit. I know my pastor is holy. This, that, the third. Even when we get more evidence, it's like. Okay, now people are taking more so a step back from religion and stepping up, taking a step back from the church. It's just like I'm just want to be connected with God because the middle people, like the religion and like the the pastor, I don't know how much I can trust the church, the pastor, and the religion. I know I I got to get good with God though. That's why people are trying mm -hmm. to more so skip the middleman and not go through them to get to God. And that's why we're seeing more so spiritual beings more so than the religious type these days. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, Pastor Ox, man. What you got for Pastor Ox? Pastor Ox, what I had, what I had. Damn, what that song went. Damn, you go first. I forgot my song. Where the fuck? Oh, by uh, your yeah. side, Rod Wave, Rod Wave by your side. Right. He he sampled got... the Hey the Delilah. <laughs> okay, he dropped an album or something. Oh, single? No, it was, it was just a single. It was a single. Oh, okay. I got uh the plan by Fujiano. Listen to a lot of Fujiano recently. I've listening to yeah. a lot of Big Thirty too. <laughs> Listen to a lot of Big Thirty. So shout out the to them. Mayor. Big Thirty got one of the best albums. Yeah, yeah. The mayor Fujiano, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the plan, the plan, and the the plan part too. I fuck with them shits. Them niggas, yeah. them shits give me like a a King Von type of vibe. Yeah, for real, for real. I fuck with that. I fuck with that. I had to play right, shit back. I was like, damn, this nigga told the whole story. Because when I found out the the uh, I think it's 
I ain't listened to the song in a minute, but somebody was a cop, right? Somebody ended up. Yeah, it was, being I was part dead. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Damn, <laughs> this nigga some Rico story type shit. That's <laughs> what, hey, that's what I, was, I, I thought about that Rico story, but I was like, I can't say Rico story because Rico story is legendary, bro. Like, oh, yeah, Rico yeah, story yeah. is, yeah. yeah. It, it just gave me the vibe, though. It, it gave me that yeah, vibe for as, sure. far, as far as storytelling. That, yeah. That's why I compared it to King Von because King Von wasn't viewed as high as Speaker Knockers was. Like, Speaker Knockers could have been like the GOAT. So I hold his. Yeah. Songs in such high regard, so I was like, "Yeah, he more so King Von. Let me let me not hold him <laughs> up to like the goat in my eyes." <laughs> um, and one more thing, movie and show reviews, bro. Uh, we got. Uh, I just finished Wu Tang, so we could do a Wu Tang uh season two review. Got to do soon. Eternals too. Got to do Eternals. Yeah, Eternals. I just started watching Squid Games. I'm on episode four. Uh, shit, pretty good. Uh, well, I say it is living up. It's not living up to the hype that everybody said it was at the moment. The shit is good though. It is a really good show. And uh, what else? Hawkeye comes out. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Power Book Two comes out Sunday. This, this coming yeah, Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Week. So, yeah. uh, and I think uh, what's called a BMF. They they took their week break, and I think they come back this week. So hopefully, uh, we can do a season review for that. We could do Wu Tang. We could do. Uh, Hawkeye um, by each episode. So we got a lot coming for y'all throughout the end of the year. And Spider-Man. We're going to do Spider-Man for sure when Spider-Man come out. Yeah, so we got to... Probably on Sunday we'll record some of these, but yeah. And uh, bro, you can hit up with the social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast one You can follow us on Instagram at Q-A-N-D-E Podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at Q-A-N-D-E Podcast. And our Gmail is Q-A-N-D-E Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and definitely check out Q&E Media. Definitely check out the website, qandemedia.com. Uh, follow the Twitter page, QE Media, and the Instagram page, Q-A-N-D-E Media. And I think that's it. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we out. Peace.